Oh, so are you saying condoms cause men to ram women uncontrollably? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting job. Condoms cause ramming. <laughs> Absolutely. Condoms Who knew? Cause ramming. I didn't know that after all this time. I appreciate you clarifying that. But it sucks. Me. I don't want to ram. I want to fucking right, have no, sex. I hear that. Right. You want to do some... <laughs> I want to do some lovemaking. You want to lay that woman down by the fire a la Barry White. Saturday night. Hi, everybody. Ari Shafir. Um, welcome to Skeptic Tank. How are you guys? I've got a good episode today. I've been trying to do this episode for years now. My friend. Ooh, can I do this outside? I wonder if people can hear me out here. Is anybody going to be out here? Hmm. No, there's a lot of open windows. All right, back inside. Damn, I did that one with Davey out there. I bet everybody heard us. <laughs> I bet everybody listened to us talking about his dad finding his mom outside of Chippendale's show. Because he liked horned up fat chicks. <laughs> they were all listening with their windows open. Uh, they probably couldn't understand Davey anyway. You guys, how are you? Welcome to my podcast. This is what we're going to do today. My friend Rachel Simmons, um, I went to high school with her, and I've wanted to do this podcast for maybe three years. Um, Damn, I was going to save this part for, hmm, for when, no, there's no way it's going to work. You're going to read the iTunes setup. You're going to read the description on iTunes. The title is going to be, no, it's never going to work. The plan was to like... All right, so she's got this kid, Esty, who's three. She's a great kid. Dude, all right, here's the deal with, with kids. They're, I mean, they're garbage. And um, people sometimes don't realize that because they only spend like one day with the kids. But you got to spend more than one day with the kids. And then you find out their real nature. So like one day in, you know, kids are great. Toddlers that age, they're great. They get scared of you at first because you're tall and you have a fresh mohawk. A beard. And they get a little frightened. And it's okay. That's cute enough. It's like, cool. If they're scared, they'll fucking walk away at least. At least they're not going to bother you. At least they're not going to bother you. If you're scared of me, at least you're not going to bother me. As long as you're not one of those brat kids like, mommy, tell him to leave. Tell the bad man to leave. Then it's like, come on, we got a problem. But if you're just going to walk away, be a wallflower, fine. I don't give a fuck. I don't, you don't have nothing to offer me socially anyway. But then they warm up, you know. And then after they warm up to you, then they're pretty fucking cool. They'll, they'll, they'll play. You know, she does this thing where she'll climb up, climb up your chest. She hold on to her arms and she climbs up your legs and flips over while you're holding onto her arms. How do her arms not break? I don't know. It's cute, man. She's a cute kid. And then two days comes in and then the mood swings happen. And then she cries for no reason because she caught some fucking sickness. Her undeveloped body can't fight off. That it takes her two days to fucking... She's still booting up. 
There's no virus protector on there. And then she cries and she kicks the back of your seat. And you're like, oh, yeah, I was thinking kids are so nice. I forgot. Garbage time. It's like people in relationships. Look, it's like, look, if, if you have a relationship and you're with your girl and you're fighting all the time, I'm sure you're like, no, you don't, <coughs> you don't know the, the three days a week. Everything's really great. It's magical. It's like, yeah, man, but four days of fighting, that's garbage. That's a garbage relationship. Kids are garbage. It's cute sometimes. I get it. I get it when it's cute. But when it's not, they're just balls of responsibility. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Cute kid for the most part. With strawberry picking, which is like real. Okay, we didn't pay for it. But remember, the first time I saw, I heard of strawberry picking, I was in what my friend got married in the Hamptons. He married rich. Here's how rich he married. The guest house for the, for the, for the servant quarters, the shower in there was the nicest shower I'd ever been in. I remember it had like those like six different nozzles, you know? With full pressure on each one, so it hits you like from fucking top, straight down, normal way. And then you got side, like chest, back, like butt and chest, and back at the same time. Oh, it was just a fucking explosion. Explosion of water on you. It was like Kohler fucking jizz shot it all over me. God, it was magical. And that was in the slave quarters. Anyway, on the way there, they were like, you know, pay to go uh, strawberry picking. And I was like, what do you mean? I don't understand. Because I had already lived in L.A. by then. But I was like, the fucking, what do you mean? You're paying to live like a Mexican gets paid to live? But this is what you don't have to pay for, these strawberry picks. Anyway, it was great. It was a fun trip. So what I, what I wanted to do was set up how cool this kid was. She's raising it alone, start to finish, no dad. Um, what I wanted to reveal was the first setup, how cute the kid was and how fun it is to raise a kid and then show you, but that's not going to work with the intro, with the, with the description. So she, she had a baby on her own. She was with a girl, uh, her girlfriend, her fiance, they were going to have a baby. They broke up and then she's like, why do I have to wait? I love this. When you realize like I can do things that don't have to be alone. I mean, you know, I don't have to be with somebody. I can be alone. That's what I mean. The opposite of what I said. You know, it's like you, you go through life thinking these certain things have to be taking place in a couple. But Rachel was like, fuck that. You know, I'll just fucking have a kid. Once you're successful. It's like, why not? And she's super successful. She wrote this book. Uh, Odd Girl Out. They made a movie about it. It's about like girls bullying and stuff. If you got girl daughters and stuff, it's a great book for that. Teach them how to be regular humans, not fall into the same habit girls fall into. Um, yeah, yeah, get it. Odd girl out. Um, it's about bullying and shit. How girls learn to hate each other. God, it must be societal the way there. Hey, sidetrack, sidetrack. The point is, she's successful. You know what I mean? Probably the most successful person in our school. She has her own career. Did it herself. She gives fucking leadership talks to to the youth. I mean, we might have doctors in my class, but fuck that. That ain't cool. That's just fucking doctors. Anyway, so she's like, fuck it. I'm going to have a kid myself. And she got artificially inseminated. And so that's not something I really know much about. I mean, really at all. 
So uh, I had her tell me about it. I mean, I wanted to do this since at least Esty was born, probably when she got pregnant. But at least when she was born, I remember like, can we do this podcast? So that's got to be three years. You guys, I've done this every every Monday for way over three years, almost four years. I already started with like a few in the bank from from the Death Squad days, from when the podcast was on DeathSquad.tv. But then it's since then, that was like, when was that? Like September of 2011? 2011? Come on, man. It's easy math. Almost four years, every Monday. Fuck, man, TV takes a break for the summer. I did every Monday. I'm not looking for like kudos or anything. No. No, I'm exa- that's exactly what I'm looking for, kudos. Um, what's that? What's that sound? Oh, it's me patting myself on the back. Anyway, so we talked about artificial insemination and how she got it done and the whole process. We got into a fun talk about feminism too. Um, I hate how maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but we got into a discussion about feminism. How I think it's turning. Maybe it's just the vocal ones, the militant ones, but they're turning like anti-white male. They're so like anti instead of pro anything. You know, we had this blog post right about this not happening. Eh, fuck it. I'm not going to be negative either. I'm just saying. Fucking somebody write an article about Miss Pat. She's a fucking treasure. Nobody's pointing out, hey, here's an amazing woman, an amazing talent. Let's promote that instead of worrying whether Jerry Seinfeld has enough women on. Here's one. Write an article about Miss Pat. She's a glorious fucking example of what strong women can be. You're worried about when they're not being used. You know what I mean? Focus on the fucking positive for once. As I shit on them. Um, All right, so let's start that podcast, right? We should start. At the end of this episode, I have a new segment called um, Getting High and Eating in the East Village. Uh, it's part one of a 44-part segment uh, on f- uh, restaurants around the East Village. I wanted to do it as a Yelp review, but then I decided, uh, well, one, I don't have a smartphone anymore, so there's no way I can do it. And then two, I was just too lazy to actually do it. For years, I had this idea. So let me just do it on the podcast. I'll just talk it instead of type it. Um, oh, by the way, Sotva sent me uh, the mattress. Damn it. Um, I don't know if they're going to keep sponsoring me because <laughs> I did a graphic description of Tom and Christina's love life in the last one. But so I don't know if they're going to pay me for this one or not. But well, I guess they'll figure it out. Either way is okay for me. Um, but I'll just tell you, they did actually send me the mattress and it's fucking gloriously soft. It really is. The pillow top is fucking great. So, I mean, if you're looking for a mattress, they're, they're definitely, they're, they're fine. You know, it it really is way more comfortable than the one I had. And the delivery thing is pretty easy. They just asked me when I wanted it. They gave me a four hour window. They got there right at the beginning of the window. I don't know. And they just set it up. They take your old one away. It's pretty easy. I mean, everything's online now. Why not get a mattress online too? It makes sense. It makes sense. So this might not even count for a pod, a sponsorship, but since they sent me the mattress, it's the right thing to do. So if you want to get a Sotva mattress, um, go to smarterbed.com and uh, you can put in all your fucking whatever descriptions of what you want. They made it custom to order and then they have 75 days you can return it. So you can sleep on it for two months and then go, you know what? I don't want this. 
I'm not liking it. Two months is enough time to test it. And then they come pick it up, which is like, I don't know. It's pretty easy peasy. It's like somebody, I went to get a mattress once. Uh, I was in San Diego. I was like testing it because then I was going to get one here in New York. Um, and so I was like looking at it in the mattress store and like you, you whatever. And I kind of hopped up on it. And the mattress guy was like, is that, is that what you're going to do with your mattress at home? And I was like, no, sorry. And then I was like, wait, no, yes, of course I'm going to hop on it. What are you talking about? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to hop onto my mattress to go to sleep. Yeah. So why not just have them fucking give it to you for two months? So you don't have to worry about some guy. Anyway, smarterbed.com. For the stop of a mattress. <laughs> you should have heard the ones I had. Planned. I had so many. I had a fucking graphic description of Michelle and Barack Obama. Oh, and with gay pride. I could have done some amazing ads for mattresses. <laughs> oh, how cool, by the way, that I did this podcast on Wednesday with Rachel, single gay mother, who was going to do it, who's only living in Western Massachusetts because she was because New York didn't have gay marriage. New York didn't have uh, gay marriage, so she had to move to fucking Massachusetts, and the marriage didn't work out, and then she just got stuck living there. But that was Wednesday, Friday, Supreme Court, gay marriage legal forever in the United States until the revolution and they'll rethink things. They'll rethink all the laws. Um, but you got to think they'll keep that one in, right? You got to think they'll keep that one in. I mean, where's the revolution going to come from? Unless it's a tea party. If the tea party gets militant, takes over, I could see gay marriage going back out. But if anybody else, if it's like anonymous type people taking over, you know, internet wise, you know, through the computer, then gay marriage is still in. That's um, predictions from a uh, sociopath with Ari Shafir. Uh, now, should we start? There was something else I was going to say. By the way, Steve Simone is going to be in New York all of August, staying in my apartment. So if you guys want to see Steve Simone, popular guest on this podcast, I think he'll be at the stand like a bunch in August. So. Good for you, New York. Um, and by the way, the point was, I was going to say about Rachel and feminism, is like, I trust her opinion. She's somebody who like, there's a couple people in my life who were like, they're just smart. And they're pretty like normal, you know? She's not caught up in any sort of religious ideals or anything like that. So she's like, real even. And like when she says stuff, when she has an opinion, I don't always agree with it, but like, I always value it. She's smart as fuck. So anyway, and she's cool. She's fun to hang out with. <laughs> her friends, her friend was, her friend's kid was staying over the next day. So after I left, she was like, Ari, because I stayed in the sheets, you know, I slept in the sheets. She goes, Ari, it's okay if you did. Did you whack off on the bed last night? <laughs> I was like, no, it's too weird with your kid. And like, you know, two doors down. And she's like, okay, so I don't have to change the sheets. I mean, you know, for a smart person who's into fucking girls' leadership and feminist stuff, that's pretty cool. What I'm saying is she's normal and smart. All right, let's start the episode. There was something I was going to say, but I forgot what it was. Oh, my dates. I'll be in the DC Improv, July 17th, 18th, and 19th. My storyteller show this Tuesday sold out. If you don't have tickets, I'm sorry. But it's going to be a good one. Have to stand. Uh, we're doing it in Montreal. Wednesday, 
no thursday friday no wednesday thursday and saturday and then i'm doing solo shows tuesday wednesday and saturday dc improv it's gonna be all new material anything you've seen in the special it's gone so come see this because the only time you're ever gonna see this material then it's gonna be gone again i don't have a new hour yet but with with stories that are already pretty worked out that i'm probably gonna be doing or this is not happening um for sure i have a new hour but that just won't be part of my stand-up when I do my special. Okay, you don't care about this stuff. Let's start the episode. Shall we? Was there anything else? Oh, yeah. And then this Thursday, uh, another This Is Not Happening show at the Comedy Store in LA. I won't be there. Joey Diaz is hosting in my stead. Uh, but they're doing this every other Thursday. I think there's like two more. Because um, in August, I think they might skip one. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll keep doing it. But... They're just workout shows. They're fun. This is not happening. Workout shows. People do a story. There's no theme. Just five bucks. That money goes to the host. <coughs> and it's just for a chance for us to see more stories so we can put the best ones we can put on TV and the internet. So come support. And then after the stories, uh, the, the audience just asks questions. You know, whatever didn't make sense. So it's every other Thursday. So it's this coming Thursday um, is one. And go to that and enjoy. You guys. Let's start. So thank you, Rachel, for doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shapiro, Skeptic Tank. Episode 225, Vagina Turkey Baster. (laughs) I wonder if she'll like that or dislike it. Vagina Turkey Baster with Rachel Simmons, all about artificial insemination. Well, some about artificial insemination. It starts now, right after this song. All over the world And there's every child to go But she reckons the eyes seem to pass me by Leave me dancing on with myself So let's sink another drink Cause it'll give me time to think If I had a chance I'd ask a woman to dance And I'll be dancing on with myself Dancing on with myself Dancing on with myself When there's nothing to lose And there's nothing to prove we can talk about you in high school for sure but whatever yeah there's no, everybody like, wants to know there's a lot of uh, meandering in this so yeah i didn't even think about that you might be the first person from my high school i'm honored i, I won't hold back <laughs> what i won't hold back <laughs> all right well we, i'm gonna do introductions later i'm gonna introduce you and your book and all that junk Okay. Jazz, all that jazz. Great. So anyway, so, so we're so, just starting. So. <laughs> we're just starting. Yeah. What's the name of your book? I got two. Yeah. Odd Girl Out. Poland read the first one. He did? Yeah. Like, and he said he was just about to start the second one. Because he has a girl, right? Maybe. Probably not, because he was interested. Yeah. Usually you read my books if you're the parent of a girl or you're a former girl yeah. and you were traumatized. What if you were a former bully? I do, mean, do the, do, do you extra get, points if you read if you're a former bully. Do you get former bullies like... um Reaching out, going after the read the book, like, oh shit, I was an asshole. You totally. You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really hard to get women to talk about being bullies and girls too, because you know we're taught to be nice all the time. So it's like, yeah. you ask a woman, you know, were you ever mean? And she's like, no, but everybody was mean to me. And then you ask her <laughs> friends, and they're like, she's the meanest. Yeah. How are we mean to her? Right. We bled on her hand. Yeah, exactly. And so everybody's just everybody thinks they're a victim. Nobody wants to talk about yeah. what they're sorry about. Nobody wants to. 
Nobody yeah. ever wants but to like turn the fingers girls. on themselves. Really? Oh, did you say finger on themselves? Nobody <laughs> 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 wants to turn the finger on themselves. Excuse me. I just, it's been a while for me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Um, now I'm turning red. What do you... <laughs> you don't look red. You look about as peach as your shirt. What uh, What is rumination? What did you want to say about rumination? Oh, yeah. We were just having dinner and I was starting to lecture Ari about Wonderful it. dinner, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank Stick you very salad. much. Use the side door. Don't forget to tip your waiter and your chef. Uh, I was talking about rumination, which is um, overthinking. Yeah. That basically means you sit around late at night and you think about something that happened earlier in the day and you kind of beat yourself up for it and you focus on the causes or the consequences of a problem, but you're not actually solving it. So you just kind of like go around and around and around repeating it. My friends and I call it grinding. Grinding. Yeah. Like you're just grinding, grinding your about brain. it. Like, yeah. You're grinding. And um, it's something that women and girls do. Like what? A lot Give me an example. Guys. Okay. So let's say I'm at a meeting today, earlier in the day. And I don't know. I think I said the wrong thing. Maybe, maybe I was asking for money for, you know, I was a trying cost. to negotiate for more money. And I think, oh, okay. I think I was rude. You know, what if that guy doesn't like me or what if I was too forward in asking for money? So then I, I, I go home and I spend the whole day thinking, well, you know, maybe I should have said it this way or what if I had done it that way or what's he thinking of me right now? Yeah. What's going to happen? And I'm just going around and around <coughs> instead of like, I don't know, moving on or going, focusing on like, okay, here's what I'm going to do next time. I got to call that guy. I got to make right. sure he's okay or but just, just like, do something. Yeah, but instead I'm like circling the drain in my own head around and around. I fucked up, I fucked up, I fucked yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, And women and girls do this way more than guys. It's a problem. Women live in their heads a lot. Yeah. And we don't talk about that and we don't give women strategies to deal with it. It's like when you ask me, you know, what? well, I'm not even going to get into it. It's like when you ask me, like, <laughs> why don't I do mushrooms? Oh, yeah. It's like, because I know I would be circling the drain in my head round and around and around. You don't know. It wasn't even like that last time you took mushrooms. No, it was. I, there was a big black hole that opened up in Central Park. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? You did in Central the, Park? And then I was talking to a piece of gum on the subway, and I knew that it was going to be my last No, time. you weren't. I was. Really? You talked to gum? It was... Uh, What'd you talk to? Not, What'd you talk I, about? It, was, it felt... Elasticity? It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it felt very important at the time. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. It was my 26th birthday. I got to ask my friend Dennis. No harm done, though. You talked to gum. I talked to gum, and then he, <laughs> he went to the that. IMAX theater, and I went home and like rocked back and forth for about three hours. Really? So, yeah, it was not a good day. It's been 15 years. It's so much more complete now. You know, I feel like I like other things, like this cocktail that I made you. Yeah, it's great. Lemon I made Ricky. Aria kick-ass lemon gin Ricky. What's what's the Ricky's normally made out of? Not gin? I mean, I really don't know. Right. I was trying to sound authoritative, and now <laughs> I look like an ass. I made you a really good cocktail. This is the summer of the cocktail for me. I'm Martha Stewart now. I used to be a hard-driving, work-obsessed, boring person, and now I make cocktails. That's cool. Did you see you on the roast? Did I Martha see Stewart? What? Oh, no, I didn't. I heard she killed. No. Actually, she was talking about like how to like whittle down um, a shiv out of, <laughs> you know, out of I mean, the woman went to prison sticks. and came out with an amazing shawl. Yeah. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like, if Martha Stewart can own prison, she can obviously do anything. Yeah. She's pretty... She's got a weird case. I, I she mean, started as a home ec person and just became massive. Right. Because she's unstoppable. Yeah. She's Martha. You like her? You're a fan I of her? I do, I am. I don't know anything about I, her, really. I kind of, I mean, she's terrifying. Really? Yeah, I think, don't you think? Oprah, more or worse, more terrifying or less terrifying oh, than such Oprah? Such a great question. That's an amazing matchup. Yeah. Oh my God. That's Oprah's like bigger. Classic mean girl matchup. But Ooh. I feel like Martha's Oprah more could, serious. Oprah could beat up Martha. Physically. But, but Martha could probably like, she's got the ice 
Oprah's too warm. Martha's got the ice. I think Martha wins. If, if they were to stare down and they'd be like rocking back and forth, yeah. Martha Stewart would just be still. Yeah. No, I think, yeah. Just staring at Oprah. Right. Martha Stewart would like levitate just from the... <laughs> Power. Exactly. This is a level. Yeah, Oprah's, I think Oprah's too nice. Not that she doesn't have the capacity to go go hard, but remember when she did that nice. interview and she was crying and she just stared up and she just goes, and then there was a there's a tissue in her hand, like instantly to dust. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I cry actually. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I snap and my three year old brings me <laughs> brings, uh, brings me a tissue. I turn mama. Wait, why'd you bring up rumination? Why did I bring up? Uh, I don't know because I feel like we've been talking all day about how we deal with failure and challenge and how you and I work because we're both self-employed people yeah. have to create create creative content. Yeah, we have weirdo jobs. We I have like weirdo, we have non-jobs. Non-jobs, yeah. Right, which, yeah. And so, and we talked about women comics and we talked about why aren't there enough women comics. Yeah, you gave me a lot to think about with that. Right, so Ari was saying like, I need to find more women comics. I don't know how to find them. It's tough. And I'm saying, I think there's a reason why women don't go into comedy because first of all, it's a huge risk to be a funny woman. It like doesn't make you likable unless you're hot like Sarah Silverman. Like you have to have the hot quotient to offset the kind of transgression of being a funny woman. Yeah. Right? And then like comedy is all about failing as you pointed out. Like Ari yeah. and I have talked for many years about his work. Can I say? Sure, okay? sure, sure. And you like, say anything. Yeah. Okay, so like, I don't know how much I can say about you. And I got like, no secrets. What? I have no secrets? Um, Ari's had a great evolution from someone who was much more worried about what other people thought to someone who was much more willing to like fail and put himself out there and really flex the muscle of just like trying and learning through failure. Zero fucks. Zero fucks given. Yeah. So I'm going to get the t-shirt that says zero fucks for my 41st birthday. So um, women have a much harder time giving zero fucks, basically. Like women... Because they really care what people think of them they, or regard they're held in. They care. So women tend to base their self-esteem much more on their relationships with others than men do. Um, and that goes back to the Friendships fact that, too? Yeah. Just all relationships? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, and, and I think like, you know, you ask a woman like, how is it for you when you feel like someone's mad at you? And a lot of women are like, I can't function. Right? Really? Like, I can't, I can't think straight when I think. What do guys do? We'll fuck them too. I mean, I don't know. I feel like guys hurt much more than they let on. I'm not going to get into this thing of like, guys don't care. And women are taking it so hard. Like, I think guys do care yeah. but in a different way. And they don't have the permission to say that they're hurting. Although my friend Josh and I just had like a whole fight about that. And he was like, guys just don't care in the same way. And whatever jury's out. Everybody's different. But I, I think we don't react the same way. But it doesn't mean you don't care. Where do you, where do you get this stuff from? First-hand like, stories or like what research? Stuff? What I just told you about like rumination and stuff? Mm-hmm. And women yeah, and research. men. Research, research. Like, what, I mean, I can't make What does that entail? Oh, Ari's flip phone is ringing? <laughs> Ari has a fucking flip phone, okay? Ari has a phone like that my grandfather had. When in 2006, when it was state like, of the you're art, about two seconds away from like watching Fox News and like wearing <laughs> weird slippers, they make a lot of good points, and slippers are functional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it weren't for your faux hawk, I'd be really concerned. <laughs> That's my only like it's connection to you. It's like your one tiny little shred of hipster. I'm wearing your shorts, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Ari is actually wearing a pair of shorts that I bought for myself at Marshall's. Oh, these are Marshall shorts. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. Own it. Just own it. Um, yeah. Yeah. This place is great. I can't believe you moved from New York to here. Don't you find this boring? It can be uh, excruciatingly boring. Yeah, I miss Central New York. Massachusetts? It's Western, yo. Western? Yeah. Okay. It's West Said over here. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, no, I miss New York a lot, but I have a driveway. And five years in, sure. every day, not every day, that's exaggerating, but I just thank God for a driveway. Like after all those years, 15 years of like schlepping around New York, I remember just like carrying my groceries in all kinds of horrible weather with like the tendons in my fingers, just like It's dying. so hard to get like, groceries. You got to like walk for so far. Right. And you, can I tell you something? After living and paying my debt in New York, I want to get my car. I will drive my car one block and that is my right as a yeah. former New Yorker. Cause I drove to Matt and Dan's yeah. once and we, I live like in LA, like two blocks away. Me and Aaron found out we were living that close. Yeah. I drove there like, why would you drive? I'm like, because I paid $4,000 for a chair that takes me places. Right. <laughs> Why would I not use it? Exactly. Exactly. So I love having a driveway. I love that Stop and Shop is like a mile long. And there's like 29 different kinds of, you know, crackers that I can buy. Um, yeah. Crackers. And uh, yeah. and Suburban living, yo. But also I'm a mom now. And I just feel like I stopped taking advantage of city life. Like I used to go to shows all the time. Oh, really? Totally. I loved seeing music. I went out all the time. It's like now my I'm just like a vessel for my child right now. So like it doesn't yeah. totally matter where I live. I feel like I see some old people in New York and I want to be like, oh, you need to get out. Right. <laughs> no, but this I think actually New York is great when you're old because like you have elevators and you often have a doorman. If yeah, you're, if you're on the Upper East Side, if you're like a rich person in mm, Manhattan. Should, I mean, okay, fair enough. You have to be like fairly upper middle class to be a happy old person. Yeah. In New York. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a great line in one of the Louis episodes where, um, oh, I can't even remember where, where where Louis's friend says something about a woman who looks like a human C because she's hunched over so much she looks like the letter C. <laughs> I and saw I was that like, one. Yeah, that's gonna be me. Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Shuffling, hunched. shuffling. There's a lot of beaten people in New York. There are like, people who've never left New York, lost. which is actually mind blowing. People have left. Oh, yeah, people who've like lived in New York finish. their whole lives, and um, that's also crazy. There's there are parts of New York that do not resemble like the hipster trustafarian parts that mostly get talked about, where you know these people have never left, and um, they obviously and they manage somehow to live on very little money in a way that I can't even understand. That's a crazy people are like how do you live in New York? I'm like I don't know how do immigrants do it. Right, they do it. They no, live in it Manhattan. Is, right, it's incredible. I don't know how. But the cost of living, I have to hustle so much less living here in the country. So much less. So much less. I mean... My rent is almost $3,000. Right. For one bedroom. And it's so unspeakable to me that you don't own property at the age of 41. What is wrong with you? The government is going to take half of it when I die. I mean, this is where you start to sound Lulu. Why would I save up? It's called equity, yo. Equity for what? I'm going to die and I'll be left with nothing. You want to leave it to your nieces and nephews. What? And you don't know if you're not, you, you might have a kid. Can I tell you guys something? Ari is amazing with my kid. He doesn't want you to know. I don't think you want to be seen as like a, a sweet father figure, but my kid loves Ari. I, Lo- get, a, I get along with Ari? kids okay. She says. She's all sweet. Really? Oh, totally. Well, how does she normally treat like adults? I mean, like I said, you're, you, you don't come on too strong. Toddlers don't like it when people are thirsty, as you say. Thirsty. They don't, yeah. like, they don't like the thirsty people who fiend all over them. And so you're cool. You like I hate it when they're like, hey, you do, you. Exactly. Hey, you. And they're like, what? No totally. one talks that way. Right. No, I mean. She's like, just because I talk you. that way doesn't mean you have to. I know. So she totally loves you. It's really sweet. That's cool. Yeah. yeah she was so scared of like is, a little bit. But let's not change the subject. You okay. should be owning, not renting, as should oh, right. anyone who can. You've been telling me that since like you had it's a place like in Brooklyn. year one. I know. But it was like, I don't have the money for it's that. It's like you're like you, the you always said is, You're like all paranoid and shit now. I'm paranoid, but I've poor for so long. I just want enough money where I don't have to get a day job. So any of my money that's not like liquid right. is just, that means I'll have less before I have to get a day job. <sighs> 
I know, but I mean, it's becoming better now. I'm becoming more thing, like right? set. I mean, as a self-employed person, self-employed to self-employed, there comes a point where you're like, I don't know, things keep working out. Right, right. And like somehow just at that moment, and this happened, just happened to me, like just at that moment where it feels like there's no money coming in, something pops up. Yeah. And enough years go by where that happens and it's like, okay, I'm legit self-employed. Like I can do this and you don't need a rainy day fund that is so big. Right. Which is all of everything I have. Yeah, you're, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I don't have the rainy day fund. What I go crazy is like the people who don't ever have any money and still manage to take vacations all the time. Yeah. And like, where's, you have no fiscal responsibility and they never seem to pay the piper. But the other extreme is like, the other extreme is just as bad, which is where you are, which is like putting money in your mattress. Yeah. Why is, I mean, to me, it's like two sides of the same coin. Why can't you find the middle ground? Wait, I just thought of a funny story from high school. Can we talk about it? Yeah, sure. Why are you snapping at me? Oh, because of high school? Okay, go. So... One of the reasons why I love you so much is that you totally slayed me all the time in high school. But in 12th grade, you remember we went to Israel. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really fun... I mean, I'm probably going to kill the story, but okay. Yeah. So, of course... The whole class goes to Israel for four months, five right. months. And so the drinking months, age months. in Israel is 18. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like by the age of... I wasn't even 18 yet. I was 17, but I'd already been drinking for like five years. So I was so <laughs> yeah. excited to go to Israel and be able to hopefully get into some bars. Yeah. And so somehow they gave us... I mean, this was a different time, right? This is over 20 years ago where they, I think, gave kids more latitude. So somehow you and me and Lissa went out. Oh, yeah. We got really drunk. And somehow it was enough free time that we were able to do this and come back in time for You guys gave me cigarettes. Probably. It was the first cigarette I ever smoked. It was with you two. It was get into the cab. And you're like, smoke it. I went, <laughs> and they're like, you're not breathing then, it in. I'm like, of course I am. And they're like, take a deep breath. And I cough for like seven minutes. And so then we get back. Yeah. And, you know, girls are much better than guys. At lying? Yeah, at lying. Yeah. Like, we, we crush it. Crush at it. And boys, you guys are so sweet and transparent. And like, you really don't know how to lie. <laughs> And this happened throughout the Israel trip where we were constantly lying about what we were doing yeah. and when we were doing bad things. Anyway, I remember we were sitting on the ground in like the front hallway and there was like a check going on and the counselors were coming by and they were wanting to just make sure everybody was in for the night. And I'm pretty sure they were trying to assess who was Who's drunk. Bombed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You'd go to any bar. You'd be like, so, hey, go out and explore Jerusalem. Also, anyone will take you. <laughs> exactly. Also... Have a few drinks. So, yeah. so I remember this woman comes by and, you know, she's making conversation. How are you? And I say, I'm fine. And Lisa goes, I'm fine. And you open your mouth and you vomit all over the floor. <laughs> you, and you went, the best part about it was it, it, it came out of nowhere. Like you didn't heave at all. It was like toddler vomiting. Like your, your mouth opened just a little and there, and there you, you vomited very quietly and gracefully. <laughs> at, at which point you completely blew up our spot. Right. That was it. It was You're so, like, Come we're on, so man. busted. We were so obviously, we were so obviously drunk and listen. I were like, "Come on, what are you doing?" You know, he obviously like had a bad falafel. Um, <laughs> That's that what you are trying to tell her, right? Totally, but like that was like really one of the funniest moments, probably of high school for me, was when you did that. And you just, I think, you probably just felt so bad. And then you just couldn't control the yourself. The guilt made me You were sick probably because we made you smoke. That's probably what made oh you yeah, sick. the smoking when you smoke and right, drink that like, throws you like done. double time. Totally. That's probably so what that was, it was a really funny memory of of mine. Yeah. Being like, come on, Ari, keep it together. <laughs> right? I got in so much trouble for drinking once with Aaron. We did the Keyless Slammers. Yeah. I think I turned eighteen there, like right when we got there. Yeah. 
and we just February. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, February twelfth. Exactly. That's right. It was right then. Yeah, and they put Sprite and tequila. You just slam it down and then just drink it all yeah. like a double shot or something. And you don't know limits when you so just start drinking. When you're just start drinking, you're like a toddler. You're yeah. like my kid when she just started walking, trying to kill herself all the time, <laughs> just, just running in the traffic completely. I barfed like nine Literally. times that night. Yeah. Ugh. There was someone who had projectile vomit on that trip. Yeah, who hit the ceiling, ceiling or something? Exactly. Yeah. I think it was like Josh Katz. It was, oh my god, what happened to that guy? I don't know, but he said he could like lay on like a table mythical. and jerk off and hit the ceiling, and we're like, nah, man, you can't. Is there projectile sperm? I'm a lesbian, so I wouldn't. know. Some people get higher than us, especially when you're younger. Really? And they were like, no, dude, you can't. He goes, I can't. I'll, we'll do it right now. I bet you. Like, dude, none of us want to watch you masturbate. <laughs> do you guys do that in high school? Is that watch each other masturbate? Yeah, like the no. circle jerk. No. no. Wow, this is going to be an educational experience for me. This. Although interview. I do remember one time at. Maybe Uh-oh. there was a Spanish sword fight. Oh no! In the other room, I was not participant. Well, I didn't in do it. anything. No, you weren't there for okay. it for I sure. Have, no, I don't know. What you're, yeah, a Spanish. Do you know what a Spanish sword I fight is? I don't even know what it is, but I feel like I have to deny it. <laughs> <laughs> it's heterosexual. It's well, uh, then, it's when no a few guys line up, and a few girls or guys, I guess, could be the other people lining up, mm-hmm. and you you have to blow your guy until he comes and then whoever comes first the blower wins oh okay so yeah. like the worst part of that is you're doing it in in front With of someone seven else. other people yeah right uh, i mean but they're all doing it too but i was in the yeah, other room wait, was i was that, like you did, did what was at my house no i think it was at house because i know that there were nights where sorry mom and dad they were gone and, and you things just went, went crazy on. yeah whatever <laughs> all right um uh i do remember well, was that the last guy you made out with? No way. Were you the last guy? Yeah. No, I tried yeah. so hard to be straight. Really? Yeah. I mean, we had fun. Didn't we? Oh, I loved it. That was fun. I uh-huh. loved it too. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't out then, though. No. Do you know then? Yeah. Well, I didn't know I was gay. I just knew I liked women. Right. Yeah. But you were a good hookup. We had a good time. Hells yeah. Hells yeah. Little five. Thanks. Um no, you were not the last guy I hooked up with, but I think an, an Israeli guy may have been the last guy. I was like 24. Not there. Oh, not in Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom was like, you should be with an Israeli man. An Israeli man will be able to handle you. <laughs> Mrs. As Simmons. if somehow, this is my mom, Miss Simmons, right, Claire. As if like, you know, because I was so whatever. She hated assertive. me. No, she loved you. I told you. She, I told her she was hanging out. Sorry, I told her we were hanging out. She was like, Ari, that's so great. Why did she always give me Fs? Oh, yeah, maybe because I never, like, never never worked hard. Worked, <laughs> That's, what it was. That's what it was. Because I only did the papers like, in the class before the paper was due. Right. You were just not, you know, your heart was somewhere else. Isn't it so weird when you look back sometimes and you like with a fresh mind and you're like, oh, oh, I was the asshole. Yeah, right. I never studied. Why would I have gotten a good grade? Right. Well, because when you're a teenager, it's everybody else's fault. Right? Yeah. You're just like, the teacher hates me. That's why I got an F. Like you just did. But Avi said he wrote in one of his papers, like sure. mid through the way. Like, I know you're not reading this. <laughs> That's how... My mom was really passionate about teaching, less passionate about grading. No oh, doubt. really? Uh-huh. She had the stair method. That's what everybody said. Okay, well, I don't know about the stair method. There was a theory that my mother used to throw papers down the stairs and whatever stair it landed on, you got that grade. But she wasn't that creative, honestly. And I also, how did I always land on the bottom step? Yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's, not... too, it's a little too... Yeah. But she would borrow my notes from class to make the test. Really? Sometimes, yeah. Did you get A's in that class? No. You didn't even get A's in your mom's class? No, she kicked me out one time. Do you remember that? For what? She threw for talk because I was bad too. I mean, I, I we were was all sort of, bad. Yeah, I mean, you were you were pretty bad. I mean, I high school I was bad. Yeah, I 
I got a lot of detentions and kicking out of classes, and but my mom's a teacher there, so I got off easy a lot. Oh yeah, protected. Really? But I told you today we were hiking. I was a late bloomer. I was not like quite the rock star until I went to college. You got B's and B pluses, and then mm-hmm. you became a road scholar, right? Because late bloomer. Damn. Because sometimes people get into their intellectual whatever late, later. So yeah. My favorite memory from high school, maybe, was Robbie Bell giving oh, the answers. He died. To, he died. I know. So tragic. How? Like really sudden heart attack. Oh. Sorry, Rabbi Bell. What? Just I was just having like a moment of like silence for him. I feel bad sometimes when you say so tragic, and my first thought is, well, really, so tragic would be somebody we all liked dying too soon. I mean, fair enough. I mean, I definitely have the tendency to be hyperbolic in my talking, so I'll take that. You know, what my mom does. I'll she calls me that. and she goes, "Remember, um, John Smith? Right, totally. Like, mm, not really. No, it'll be like his That's mom died. Right." That is such a Jewish thing. Like, needing my mother is the same uh, thing. Like, okay. Like, I have some news. And you're like, oh, Jesus. But then it's like somebody you never knew. Or it's like, like I don't know him. I certainly don't know his ex-wife's it, like, mom. Gets, it's like, a, it like really stimulates Jewish people sometimes to talk about yeah, tragedy. Yeah. Definitely my mother. So in that category. Yeah. But I remember I Bell giving the answers to the test. We had to go over and grade or whatever. Yeah. And he was just going... Uh, the, it was true, false, or yes, no, and he was just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we just imagined that's how he was orgasming. <laughs> just yes, yes. Oh, he was like so nerdy. He, but was, he was so, so nerdy. Kind. Yeah, and he yeah, had like a hot nice. wife at the end. He got a hot wife. Really? Yeah, I mean, seemed it, but really sad. Taken too soon. Nice man, good man. I'll give you that. Yeah, I have no idea what he was, was like. I mean, actually, I was, I was a horrible pain in the ass as a teenager. The fact that I now make my We're living talking to cunts. teenagers. I, I sometimes I'm stand so sometimes my job is to like a lot of times my job is to like be the assembly speaker. Yeah. So I get brought in, you know, I'm speaking to like five hundred kids in an auditorium. Yeah. And sometimes I have these crazy out of body moments where I just remember being in the audience, like looking, looking at, at some speaker. Right. And being a dick. Like being horrible. You know, not being respectful. And now I'm that sucker on the stage. Like it's so crazy how life turns do out. Do they make like noise and stuff? There's some like I mean, there's some kids that are, yeah, there's totally some kids that are not okay. And one time there was a full fight that broke out. I was speaking in New Jersey. You know, I talk about bullying a lot. Yeah. I talk about how girls are mean to each other. And one time, right in the middle of my talk, these two girls get up and they start going at it in the middle. It was a kind of epic, actually. It was sort of like, I guess something I was saying was totally triggering them. Did you do play by play once you were up there? I mean, I was, I was paralyzed. I was like, I cannot believe this is actually happening. I just, I think my jaw just like hit the floor and then like a bunch of teachers separated them and I was like, and okay. (laughs) Should I go on? (laughs) Right. I mean, so don't do that kids. Cool. Be safe. Yeah. What grades do you teach? Uh, I will work with as young as like second grade, but now I'm more into college kids and older, older kids. Seems like that. Do you know Jessica Alquist? Who's that? Oh, you gotta meet her. Who that? She's a college kid. Maybe URI. I don't know. Somewhere like URI? that. URI? What's URI? Rhode Island. I think oh, somewhere oh, like oh. that. But um, she sued her high school for... Um, I thought you were going to be like, I met her on tour. No. She <laughs> did this podcast when she sued her high school because they had some prayer banner up in her high school. And she was like, it's public high school. Why is this piece of Jesus here? Hmm. And uh, they called her an evil little thing, and like, yeah, they sent death threats and all this stuff. She just she sued them in court and won, got it taken down. That's amazing. Yeah, she's like the kind of girls' leader that I feel like you make. Totally, thank you. I mean, I'd like to believe that yeah. we can make some impact. How is it with uh with uh with Esty fucking trying to get her corralled and be like so? Because you have all these thoughts about leadership. I do. I saw you a little bit like training her. 
Oh yeah, what was I doing when I was like telling? Well, her when you said like, stuff. Well, no, not just that, but yeah, there was that where it's like, if you want this, I'm not going to get it for you. Right. She said like, ask Ari to get me a chip, and you're yeah. like, no, you ask him. You ask Ari for a chip, biatch. Yeah, but no, when she was pe- when she was peddling. Yeah. The way you told me, like, girls give up too easily, or it's oh, too acceptable yeah. for girls to give up too easily. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the reasons you said women are less represented in comedy. I think. I'm speculating, but yeah. It's all speculation. But I was telling, yeah. So, one of my parenting philosophies is you really want to emphasize, like, don't give up, keep trying, figure it out. Like, you don't have to nail it on the first try. You don't have to be smart all the time. You just have to try. Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely, that's a big reason why a lot of women leave leadership or try to avoid being. Why? Because they feel like if they don't nail it on the first try, that it's embarrassing. It means that they're stupid. Yeah. They feel humiliated. They feel like it's all or nothing. They have to do it right or they walk away. And I think part of that for girls and women is this feeling like my performance is totally tied up with how people think of me. And men, it's not like that? I don't think men need... Men's competence is not often linked to how likable they are. But I think for women, right? And there's also this issue Like Bill Bill Gates. Right. I mean, the guy Steve Jobs, excuse me. Everybody hated... But his competence was never questioned. The problem is, uh, one of the things that happens with women is that typically um, the research has shown that the more likable a woman is in the workplace, the less competent she's seen. So it's um, the, the less more, likable, uh, the more likable she is. Like the more you like her, the less competent you tend to think she is. Really, the less likable, the more competent you tend to think she is. So if she's a jerk, then people are like, well, she handles her business at least. Yeah, but then wow. if you're like nice, people are like, oh, she's kind of like soft, right? Right, she's not hardcore. And so Sheryl Sandberg has called that the author of Lean In has called that um, the likability penalty. And um, do you think that could be true? Yeah, I do. If you're likable, then that's because you're trying to make everybody happy, and it's just you're just not good at your job. Then I don't know. I mean, I'm I thinking of immediately thought of like one uh, agent that I know that everybody likes, but she's just not good at her job. But I think it has to do with the double standard, where you know we want women to be nice. Mm-hmm. We don't like it when women are aggressive. We punish them when they're aggressive, and yet when they're nice, now we think they're weak and incompetent. It's like you kind of can't win. No win. The, the double bind. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's really hard. It's really hard to square the work that I do sometimes with how the culture puts women in that situation because actually sometimes I feel like, well, how much can I do when I'm sending w- young women out into a workplace that puts them in that position? Yeah. Like there's no skills to teach for that really. What do you mean? Well, what am I going to – I can't – there's no skill that I can teach a young teach woman. Teach them to get through to, to all the other people right, in their like job. You can't, right. On a certain level, you have to well, face like, the culture. Yeah. What you were saying too, it's like – when I was like, so how are you supposed to handle the women who, the comics who feel like if they try like a different style of comedy and fail, they're done forever. And you were like, no, no, when they're 10, you got to get through to them. Right. You have to start with girls much earlier. But yeah. I was also saying to Ari that I think mentoring is really important. And that if he meets a comic that he likes, who's a woman, that he's got to help her out and give her the same advice that you heard me giving my kid, which is like, you just got to stick with it. Sometimes yeah. you have to meet somebody who's doing things differently and admire them. And then you'll try it yourself. Just the story that you've told about the change that you made in your own material, the fact that you consistently write new material, you don't let yourself languish and do stale shit. Like you get out there and you're willing to bomb seven times. That's really wise stuff that you could help give to someone else. Like you could, you could transmit that to a mentee. So I just think women need mentors. Also, I think women tend to be very relational. They learn through connection with others. I know that's been true for me. So that's one of the reasons why I think mentoring is so good. 
but I think you were asking me about SD. Yeah, I was. SD. I don't know if I just like. I'm trying to think about it now, though. Here's my problem. Tell me what you think of this. Okay. This might be misogynist, but I feel like when when I, love, I see, it, I love conversations that start with this yeah. might be misogynist. Here's the problem with your people. Uh, <laughs> like, where are you going to go with this? Where could this He's possibly go to a good place? White knuckling the couch yeah. here. Yeah. I feel like to help a woman, like in comedy at least, I feel like they're being taken care of. I need to help some ugly man. Okay, so... Who no one's looking out for. That, see, that strikes me as the double bind right there. Because on the one hand, a woman in comedy is struggling because she's a woman in comedy and because she yeah, maybe Artistically, she's not going to have the chance to develop as much because people are going to say, that's good enough, go ahead. Right, and as I've tried to say to you, like she potentially brings with her a set of psychological challenges around... Um, Fearing failure and worrying about being judged. And she's dealing with the cultural challenges of being a a funny woman, which, again, is not really a good girl thing to do, which is a violation of of femininity. And then the other hand, you're like, she'll be taken care of. Like maybe I'm thinking of that. Like, like yeah. that's totally you're just reproducing the double vine that we just talked about, which is like so many people look out for girls. Maybe it's just they look out for them job wise for tell me who's being looked out for. You have to cross a, thir- a certain threshold of performance in order to be looked out for. Like, you have to be serviceably good enough. And once you reach that threshold, yes, then you're taken care of. But how do you get to that place? Oh, you mean from brand new? Yeah. Oh, right. Kind of the brand new. Like, what about those? Well, they're like, all so terrible, boys and girls, that it's like tough for me to tell who's better or worse. It's like seeing a fourth grade paper and you're like, I don't know who's standing out here. So here's, an, here's some more research. Since I'm really into research right now. Yeah. So there's a study done at, uh, by an economics professor at harvard i think it was in 2013 she studied first year intro to economics students and she found that disproportionately women were dropping out of intro econ when they failed to get an a really Mm -hmm. why because they thought that not getting an a meant they weren't that good and so they basically just like decided to take classes in fields that they thought were easier the guys didn't give up as easily hence the wage gap Correct. That's one of the reasons. But also the point is that the girls were more easily dissuaded. Yeah. Like like the, the girls were more vulnerable. And so if you're going to say like g- girls and guys both suck at comedy when they're first starting out, sure, that's probably true that all things are equal in that way, but they may handle failure differently and maybe women need more mentoring. Maybe. I just don't know. A, like maybe not even a single competent, funny woman. Other than me. No, no. <laughs> Who's 10 years in that is yeah. not doing great. Okay. But I know enough. a lot of boys are like, I'm about to starve to death. I'm like, what? You're really funny. And they're like, yeah, I can't make a dollar. Right. And so fair enough. But I also feel like part of what you're describing is because of the inequality. Right. Right. Like in other words, these women would not be so taken care of if there weren't such a scarcity of women comics. We can create more equality in comedy if we were to, if Artistic we mentor. mentorship too. Correct. So not if you mentor the younger people, then you don't have such a small pool of the talented people who get special treatment. Like I understand your feelings. I like that. Right? So yeah. you kind of have to I like that. You got to The start. younger ones. Yeah. Hey, good job. Need any advice? Let Word. me know. Yeah. Callery. He's he's available right now to take your call. Find me at a club. <laughs> Ask me, don't call me. <laughs> Find yeah. him at a club. Tweet him right now. Tweet him right now if you need help. By the yeah. way, comedians, just get on stage. That's my advice. Just don't do keep it. asking. Just get on stage. That's that's there's no secrets. Nobody's hiding any secrets from you. Um they always ask, like, what, what should I be? Do you know what it is? Get on stage and practice. Right. You just have anyway. to do it. Well, and one of the reasons, so just another thing. Yeah. One of the reasons why women tend, 
one of the reasons why women tend not to perform equally well with men, for example, on tests, is that women are more likely to skip problems that they are challenged by, like on a test, whereas men are more likely to just try it. Just try it. Right. So confidence is usually a matter of just taking the first step and get, putting yourself out there, right? Like that's how you ultimately You can't get steal confidence. second with a foot on first. Correct. Says the N1, uh, no Thank fear you. t-shirts. There you go. Um, my t-shirts, are you turning off your grandpa, grandpa Ari flip phone? I mean, I feel like I need to steal. I love that when phone the mu- I just had to turn the music off. It would go, bing, boom, boom, bing. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I would do that. And people look at me in the airplanes, like, "What is totally, happening?" Totally, it's really, it's really disorienting to yeah. see like that. People um, gasp in the audience when I take it out. Sometimes people go, <gasps> like an involuntary, like, "What?" Really? Yeah. What is this? Totally. It's like you. It's like you took your balls out in public or something. Yeah. Like it's just not. Which not I've a- done. So, so many, many times. times. So <laughs> yeah. many times. I mean, you came here tonight and you... One ball you know, was out. Totally. Out of respect. Yes, you loved it. Cross the threshold. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're engineering here from the ground up with all your leadership skills. I'm trying. That's I just cool. Think like, I just think like it's great that we're talking about women and leadership, but the reality is by the time you start your first job... A lot of your habits are in place. Like in place. The time you want to intervene is when you're like in fifth grade and you're thinking about raising your hand and you're telling yourself, oh, you know, what if people think I'm stupid for what I say in class? Like, that's the time where we got to talk to those girls. To be like, no, no, just go for it. Yeah, dude. Or like, let's talk about, are people really going to judge you? And is that in your head? And just to give girls a different way to think about their own fears. Why do you care about girls so much? I mean, that's a great question. I think, I don't think I ever totally graduated from girlhood. Like, I think partly yeah. I'm like mentally 12, maybe it rested a little bit. <laughs> You're definitely immature in some I'm ways. I'm grossly immature, as you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm slightly proud of it, too. Fart. Far, yeah, yeah fart. <laughs> um, sorry. So, I think I just spit on your microphone. Yeah, I don't know. I think that, like, I was really, really marked by, like, social politics in girlhood. What do you mean? Like, if I was left out, it hit me so hard. Oh. And if I was included and made one of the popular girls, like that made me feel so good. And there was, there's something about the value that I experienced and then the loss of value that I experienced. I don't know. It really struck me. You were in the burnout crew. You weren't no, the popular dude, man, I, was pop- I was in the popular. You were in the side no, popular. Was, you weren't one of the, f- the three girls. No, but I was the like hanging around. I was hanging around. Yeah. I was hanging around. I was hanging around too. I, you were? Who were even the popular boys? I feel like the boys in our grade were like emasculated. I feel like Matt like we Siegel. Were. Oh, yeah. No, he was. And he's, he's such a nice man now, but he's a tool in high school. Was he really? A million percent. He was nice enough to me as a hanger on, but I knew my place. And he was like, you know it too, right? Like, I'm <laughs> I'm the guy. You're lucky to be here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was like Bess, Amy, and Brooke were like. That was one offshoot. And then there was like Aliza and... Um, God, who was it? Frida, Lissa, me. We were like... You guys are the burnout populars. You weren't like the popular popular. You weren't the mean girls table. You were like the... Bess, Amy, Brooke were mean girls? They might not have been mean, but they were were mean, you know, from the movie Mean Girls. Yeah. They were like the super popular ones. I... The super popular ones. You guys were just like one of the guys. Really? You were all there. I was also an athlete, so that kind of... I mean, yeah. I remember one time... Lisa just going, I haven't gotten laid in like three weeks, like being all upset. And I was, was just like, staring was like at 14. it. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, I was exactly. like, I haven't even had a kiss yet. Oh. What are you talking about? What yeah, is this world was, I've come into? She was super advanced. <sighs> yeah, she taught me a lot. I don't know. I, I was, was going to lose like, my virginity to her. You did? I was going to. Oh, God. She wouldn't really? say she loved me back. 
Oh. It was better. That was actually so one of the better. nicest things she ever did was not yeah, just lying. Yeah, dodged a bullet. What? Dodged a bullet there. Yeah. yeah like, no, I like who I lost mine too. Yeah. How yeah. did you lose yours? Gang rape. It was really... Uh, <laughs> it was really... Gang rape is not funny. I did not just laugh. <laughs> that was me hiccuping. I love that one when like the feminists with a Y totally. will like laugh and they go, no, no, no. Do you mean women with a Y? Women, sure. Feminist is not usually spelled with a Y. I spell it with a Y. F E M Y N Y S T S. And it's it's only means the like the militant feminists. Right. They're like, fuck man, I'll cut off your dick. I get a lot less militant as I get older. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I get a lot less feminist the more I think about Botox. You're feminist in the right way. You think? You're the kind of feminist that it's like I've had I've had I've known a couple like really nice Christians that like really just want people to go to heaven. And they're not looking to like say, do you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Right. They don't push they're it on you. They're just like, yeah, here, let me do a good deed for you. Yeah. And just by example, you're a kind of feminist where I don't get any man hatred from you. No, dude. But there is that. I guess. I don't feel like I know a lot of feminists who hate men. Yeah. I, I feel it's like, like how, I don't know. The, it's the, it's the radical like feminist. a bit of a, I don't know. Just like radical Muslims. I'm call you on that. I feel like that's a little bit of like a male fantasy used to discredit feminism. Like the man I think, I the, think last time the militant feminists have discredited feminism by taking it over publicly. Who are the militant feminists that you're talking about? Are they the ones they- who say that they want to chop every man's dick off? When, when, where are you reading this? Those are the original feminists, but like I mean, like, like now, 19, like, I mean, like now, it's just, there's off, like- yeah, yeah, but then now there's offshoot of people, offshoot of girls go, women who go, we were the the downtrodden people. Now we want more power. We don't want equality. We want more power. Honestly, I feel like feminism is so diffuse at this point. And yeah. I don't know that it's quite as, as muscular as you seem to be suggesting that it, it just is. seems like they're vengeful against you people. Like the Jerry like Seinfeld type thing. Man. Like you actually sound like a guy who's like, those well, women right. are taking over. Let me give you an example. There's fucking example. hairy armpits. That's what you sound okay. like. Let me give you an example. I'm going to put Fox News on just okay. for like a little Jerry Seinfeld music. says it's gone a little too out of hand when people are claiming like sexism or racism at any drop of a even a mention of it and he said for an example my this is why i won't play colleges anymore because my daughter um my my wife said to her like you want to go into the city and she goes no i don't like the city and she goes well you're gonna you're gonna when you get older you're gonna love going there to meet boys and the daughter the 14 year old daughter goes that's sexist and it's really i can't see how it's sexist but i could see how a an undeveloped mind would you be like mm, that's sexism what he's saying is well it could be homophobic i mean maybe sure he's saying Ge- gender specific or whatever it is right like gender normalizing whatever gonna, that i could say you're gonna make a judgment about feminists according to an adolescent girl's response nope. to her celebrity nope. dad here's really? where i'm gonna make the judgment okay so then um lindy west and people like that in those I love lindy west okay she goes well you're out of touch and you're constantly making women feel um uh, demoralized or, 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 or less than and he goes no I'm saying my daughter is picking out sexism that's not really there and you're saying I'm making jokes that I'm not you're saying I'm an out of touch white man and that's the problem because I'm an out of touch white man but I, you haven't even shown me an example of what I've done wrong okay, you're just enough. looking to attack white men so I hear that third that man. kind of thing it makes me feel like that's the kind of feminism I'm talking about Okay. The kind of militant feminism. Let's attack. Let's be vengeful. Let's get these people. I guess. Who aren't even doing anything. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld is a completely non-misogynist, non-racist comic. 
He doesn't touch anything except observations. I don't want to wear a belt, or I only want to wear a belt so I can. Do you feel like we're all a little sexist, misogynist? Like, sure, a little bit. Like but all like, of us, like, I don't know. I mean, I sort of feel like both sides of this are wrong. Like, sure, maybe there was when no I see articles, When I see articles to comedians, it goes, to all white male comedians, stop doing rape the jokes. rape jokes. And it's like, what about black male comedians? I don't understand. Why is this? It's this anti-white male That's thing. more anti-white male than anti-male. Yeah. And that, I think the rape joke thing is a real issue. Really? I don't know a lot about it. I mean, I don't follow that. I don't follow that dialogue, but I think like rape is still not taken seriously enough in this culture to be joking about it. It's like, I feel like you don't think rapists are generally punished. I think that there's still so much like when you, when you think about the way that people use the word rape as just like an insult or as a threat or as a joke, like I feel like it hasn't quite achieved a level of like being taken seriously in this culture to justify all the jokes. Like I think things need to be properly like given enough respect first before you joke. There's a whole like I get what you're saying. Yes, I get what you're saying. It's too soon. But here's why I think it's the opposite. I think comedians are really um, observant and are um, sensitive, and we know that rape is a horrible thing, and we know 9/11 and the Holocaust were horrible things. So if we want to make an example of my burger taking two minutes to come out instead of one minute to get out. I, mean, I want to show the most horrible comparison than rape and 9-11 and the Holocaust are but the right comparisons to make. 9-11 and the Holocaust have been given so much more solemnity and grieving and like validation than rape. You can't put those three things in the same category. Rape is still contested as like, oh, maybe it wasn't rape. But like, think about that great Amy Schumer sketch from where, where she rips on Friday Night, Night Lights. Oh, oh yeah. Where she riffs on Friday Night Lights and she has a, a room full of um, high school football kids trying to find out, well, can't I rape if my mom's the prosecutor and she'll yeah. get me off? Like, can I rape if she's really drunk? Like, you wouldn't say, can't I fly into the World Trade Center if it's like there aren't that many people in it? Can't right. I fly into the World Trade Center if there's only people I don't like in it? Like, you would, we would never joke about the Holocaust or 9-11 in the way that we're still joking about rape. So I'm just not sure I would put those three things in the same category. Interesting. I mean, I'm not saying I don't like a good joke. Like, I just think... I feel like we are joking about it in the same way. But I also feel like, can't we talk about feminism without being like, why are those feminists shutting everyone down and silencing it? Like, I feel like when we go to that place of like, the women are so awful and well, they're here's cutting what I mean everyone's the, yeah. balls off. Like, I don't feel like we're having a real conversation. Well, we're just like demonizing women. That's what I mean. Like the radical like, feminists have taken that? it over and like, they're so public about feminists? it. Are you thinking of like bloggers? that Lindy are Lindy West, yeah, bloggers. Up? Absolutely. But, you know, honestly, I can't get behind that People Lindy who try West to get bashing. people fired. You know, uh, there are just not enough women who are like representing for other women out there. And I think like, I don't know if Lindy West is perfect, but I feel like she's a pretty powerful voice for a lot of different causes that most other women aren't taking up. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying she's perfect, but I don't know that I, I just, I just, I can't get behind the like radical feminist bashing. It just, it seems so like, how do we have a conversation if you're just telling me that somebody is so awful? I guess it's the bloggers. I guess they're the public, public version of it. Yeah. Just like when people hate Muslims, it's like, no, no, you don't hate Islam, you don't hate Muslims, you just hate those people who are doing that in the name of Islam. Right, exactly. But they're not, the ones who are like peaceful are not the very public ones. And in fairness to Lindy West, not that I've followed her closely, but I think she's been like really demonized, she's had her life threatened, she's like... I have my life, okay, I've had my life threatened for 12 years. Really? Yes. Okay. Consistently. This 
idea that it's like, I got death threats. It's like, shut up. Those are internet death threats. Those aren't real. Yeah, but you make way more money than Lindy West does. When did that start? A year ago? I don't know. I mean, when did it, I, I haven't been making money very long. All right. Fair enough. Put this close to your mouth. Oh, sorry. So that's not right. Put it close to your face. Okay, sorry. Say, fair okay. enough. No, I've been, I'm thinking really hard, so now I'm not thinking about the microphone. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Good point. Yeah. But everyone does that, boys and girls. Like, he got death threats, and it's like, guys, shut up. It affected me for three months, and then I realized, oh, these aren't serious. I guess the only people that I really can't stand on the internet are anonymous trolls. Sure. But I feel like everyone else tries hard to make yeah. their point. Whenever I see somebody calling me an asshole or whatever, and I see like on Twitter, they sell the egg on there. Right, it's like, exactly. oh, shut up. Get out of here. <laughs> be a real person first. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Don't, like, you That's just made true. this account to be hateful. Right, well, I'm, exactly. Get out of here. You get death threats. That's upsetting. It's not upsetting. The only thing I like out of it now is every once in a while, the, the Mex- a new Mexican radio station will find those amazing racist videos, and I'll start getting a bunch of like Facebooks and tweets. Yeah, like what? I'm like, what? What is this from? All of a sudden on a Tuesday. Right. <laughs> but then when I do get death threats now, I just like click report to Twitter, and they're like, "Cool, they've been deactivated." I was yeah. like, "Thank you." But so it's like, right? Yeah, that's as little as I care. Yeah. Do you think that you might care differently because you're a dude than somebody who's female? And I'm not saying I have an opinion. Yeah, I'm thinking but about I wonder, it. I'm thinking about it. I wonder if. I mean, the, in the beginning, the very first death threats, I was like, "Oh fuck!" Right. And then I just realized that that it's just not real. Yeah. I don't know if it's dude or woman, but there's no. I don't have enough um, separation from it to know. You know, I've only been a dude, <laughs> so I don't really know how right, I'd feel. True that yeah. If there were rape threats, maybe I'd feel. I'd feel definitely feel worse if i was a woman that's what i mean but i'm not getting raped. gently threats. suggesting that that's what i mean <laughs> <laughs> gentle suggestions all right well yeah are we gonna talk about yeah we're gonna talk about other stuff yes absolutely let's do so you that. have this kid let's do that because i gotta go to bed soon oh shit you're fucking mom all right so you got this three-year-old now she said she was three did she lie she's three okay she may have a fake ID, but she's three. I said, are you two or five? She goes, neither, three. Yeah. She was like, bitch, please, I'm three. Yeah. Um, it's been great, huh? It's been so great, but hard, too. Really hard. Yeah? You know, I'm the only parent. Only There's parent's got to be hard. I would say the first couple of years, I was feeling sorry for myself a lot about being the only parent, but now I see that there's a lot of good to it. Yeah. Took me a little while. I just think being a parent kind of rocks your world anyway, and like, if you're really ambitious and hardworking and... Um, I'm sorry there's a moth flying around you by the way there's like there. it's like my pet grain moth I like <laughs> it's pretty big Gus, my pet yeah, grain moth I'm domesticating grain moths because oh, I'm lonely back to life um, sorry anyway I uh, I don't know just like it was really shattering in a way to go from being like super ambitious as much as I wanted a kid right like as the joke goes it's not like I got drunk and went to a sperm bank like I had to work really hard to have this kid but it does kind of shatter your life as you knew it um, and maybe particularly so if there's not another parent to relieve, to relieve you. some of the pressure, right? So it's just like there's a lot. Do you ever worry just being a single mom? You call it what single mom by choice? Mm-hmm. Is that a term? Like yeah, they call it yeah SMBC single mom by choice. I Instead like to say like got knocked up on purpose. Had your spouse by leave myself. you? No man, never never was a spouse actually. No, I'm saying instead of. That's right. The, instead of being a single mom, are you leaving? Right. Instead of you leaving someone or them leaving you, yeah. or dying. 
Yeah. Which PS I think is so much harder. It's so much easier to oh, have so never had a spouse, right? Because Yeah, what if you're used to it and then all of a sudden it's to, taken then it's away? gone? That's horrible. Let me tell you, I feel really badly for those people because I don't even know what it means to have help on that scale. Like I I yeah. just I don't even know what I don't know. Which when is I worked better. At Arlington National Cemetery, we saw the When di- did you do that? Sixteen. Come on. Yeah. What were you doing there? Laying pipe. What? What? <laughs> uh yeah, it was horticulturaling. You I was were? a horticulturalist. Yeah, we had a late pipe to water stuff. Tomorrow. Are you going to garden my... It's been a long time. Also, instead of picking weeds, what we do is we just put Slow trash down. can. Sorry. We would put um, a newspaper and ball them up and put it in the trash can and then cover it with one layer of weeds. So oh. it looked like we picked a whole trash can full. That's... um. Well, what a great honor Brilliant. to our fallen servicemen, are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I put out the two with the Unsoldier ones. You've been to be proud of. Did you put that on your resume? When I did you, not. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the boys died... Um, Within a year of the girls, all the time. And the girls lived way longer than the boys. Wait, what are we talking about again? In the, the tombs or whatever. Oh, oh, oh. So if a woman died yeah. at, you know, 1978, the boy died by 1979. But if the oh, boy dies in no. 1978, the woman lives till like 89, 90, <laughs> 91. The woman's like, it's Studio 54. Well, that's what you're saying. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but it's like, guys, they don't, they don't remember how to cook. You know, when they've been with a wife for 10 years, they don't know how to do laundry, yeah. so they're just like, I'm they're gone. Like paralyzed. Yeah, totally. if you had a husband or a wife, and then they died, and you right. left you to take care of the kid on your own, ugh. Exactly. So I kind of, and I, I'm just sort of in control of my own roost, Yeah, which is nice. But it is, there have been some rough things that I've gone through on my own like, with her, like a high fever in the middle of the night, and putting her in the bathtub, and turning on the cold water, and hoping to God she doesn't have a seizure, which is something that happens really? in toddlerhood. Yeah, and just being oh. really scared of that. Yeah, also, what do you do if you get sick? Right. I mean, I've totally, and don't laugh, thought of getting one of those, like, I've fallen and I can't get up necklaces. Like, I went through a period of total fear. Like, what if, what if I were to fall down the stairs? What if, what if anything, that I have a baby? Yeah. Who's going to know? For a while, I had a friend call me every night just to make sure I was, like, alive or text with me. Yeah. Just to be, like, checking in. Really? Yeah, I you were got so scared? really scared. I got really what, scared. What, are you going to fail this person? No, just that like life would intervene and something would freak would happen. I mean, first of all, I'm Jewish, which means like I'm obviously Worry. walking around looking at constant opportunities for tragedy. Like I can't, you know, experience joy completely. I have to look for what might go wrong. Yeah. Like when's the next bus coming that's going to like hit me in the face? Um, the very first thing I did after she was born was I created a will. And really? I, oh, yeah. Uh, because I was so afraid. I mean, and I told you I'm a road biker and I get really nervous about that. I do worry. You got getting hit by a bike. But I really thought about getting the I've fallen and I can't get up button. <laughs> and then I thought, that is going to be the ugliest fucking necklace I ever wore in my life. I'm not going to do it. I have to have more faith in life than that. I love in those commercials when they're like, I've fallen and I can't get up before then, they had the bracelet. But like, who are you talking to? Right. <laughs> There's no one in your... That was the problem. There's no one where you live. That is so true. Yeah. They're alone. Talking to the TV. That's the whole point of the commercial. Yeah. What do you, you know, my favorite one commercial... My, those are my, thoughts, my not words. You know, remember that thing they showed where you sit in a chair and the chair slowly goes up um, like a little track uh-huh. and it goes up Go the up stairs? Steps. Yeah. That, that, that haunted me for a long time. Why? Like, I feel like that's just like the end of life when that's how you go upstairs sure. and you're riding in a little car, a little If it little shorts out, car. you're stuck on whatever floor you're on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, this is my existence now. <laughs> you can't go to Home Depot and get anything to fix it. No, man, you're stuck on the track. It's like being stuck at the top of the Rebel Yell at King's Dominion. <laughs> I'm a second floor person now. Exactly. <laughs> I have a different perspective. Exactly. So I did worry about that, but now I think I'm more optimistic now. I like the way you did this, where it seemed, tell me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like you had a girlfriend, 
that you thought about um, maybe having a child with. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? You broke up and Well, so we were going to she was not she was not from this country. Yeah. She I convinced her to move to the United States, but she didn't want to live in New York City. So I realized that it, I had to concede to that if yeah. I was going to get her to come to my country. So we moved up here to Western Massachusetts and then within 3 months the relationship ended. And I had sublet my apartment in New York. She went back to her country and I was like okay, what am I going to do? Like, I don't have a place to live in New York. Here I am. And at that point I started to realize, you know what? I don't want to wait another two to three years to have a kid, right? Because when you're single, if you want to meet someone, well, you got to meet them. Then you got to make sure that they're not insane, right? And then you got to like get pregnant and that's going to, and then I'm already 35, 36 years old at this point. So I'm like, I don't want to be that old. Yeah. I had some medical issues I had to take into account. So I was like, Like all right. I have I carry like a genetic defect. Oh, you ever tell me about that? Right. What's one it's in four? Fragile X. It's not like horrible in terms of chances of getting it, but it's definitely like I have more of a chance of of transmitting it than. Isn't like, it like one in four? Did you tell me that? I thought it was one in four. Some of your kid being retarded. Yeah. Well, that was that would not be the word that I would use, but that mentally. You know, that meant developmentally disabled, but yeah. not like not like oh. Downs, like like really really disabled to the point where like they can't live with you. Oh, really? Yeah, but it wasn't one in four, but it was not insignificant. So I knew that I was going to have to contend with that as a possibility <laughs> if I got pregnant. When I said, what? When I used that word, you're like, what? I was like, okay, it's not an the word anymore. That's my little Pac-Man dying sound. Oh, that's what that was? I thought it was a record scratching. It started to be like a, and then it turned into Pac-Man dying. I just love sound effects. I often feel my parenting can be defined by the sound of Pac-Man dying. You heard Esty screaming tonight. I'm just like, yeah. I love it. Like, how long do you ignore her? Like, five minutes. I, and then I, have to go I up. sleep train. Yeah. So that means I let her cry sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Cause I'm like, part of me, I mean, the thing about being a single mom is that sometimes you actually have to have your kids suck it up and be tougher than maybe kids of two parents because I just don't have the resources. Like, you need to go to bed at seven o'clock so that I can have a couple hours to myself because, like, I just can't have you up late. So, deal. And I think that I actually feel, and I speak here now, just not just as a parent, but as like a parenting expert, I think that's good for my kid. Like, I feel like what? sometimes the circumstances of being a single mom force her to be tough in a uh, good right. way. Like, that's actually really good for her. Yeah, I was a latchkey kid. My parents, at some point, like, really apologized. My mom was, like, almost crying. She's like, I'm sorry I was never there to cook Aww. your food. But I was like, but I learned how to make spaghetti and stir fry and omelets. Right. Like, I, of course. Like, I don't feel you. like it was a loss. Right. But, I mean, the guilt that a parent feels is awful. Yeah. Awful. Oh, I and so. I couldn't, so back to the issue of like being a single mom in Western Massachusetts, yeah. I get to spend a lot more time with my kid than if I'm living in New York. If I'm mm-hmm. living in New York, I have to earn a lot more money. And I'm like, I don't know, I have to ride the subway for 45 minutes to go anywhere, basically, if I'm living out in Brooklyn, wherever yeah. I'm from. So here I have a four minute commute to my office. So there was this I'm thought, here. there was this thought that like, why do I need someone else to do this? I mean, well, it was more just like, I'm clearly not that lucky in love. Not that it's a question of luck. Like, there's something that I don't seem to be getting about being in a long-term relationship. Like, yeah. everything else in my life's going really well, but this hasn't quite gelled. So, it took me a while from that point where I broke up with my girlfriend to the point where I went and said, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, I had to talk in therapy a lot about it and, like, really make sure that I was on board with doing this alone. And then I just was, and I did it, and I got pregnant really fast. What were the, what did the people in your life say? I think everybody, I think everybody wished that I had found a spouse 
right? But I think everyone also watched me try really hard to find spouses and watched it many times not work. Hurt your life, probably. Yeah, I'd been through a lot of bad things, bad relationships, bad choices. And I think people, I think as long as anyone has known me, they've known I've wanted to be a mom. I've babysat my whole life. You know, when I was writing my first book, I was a nanny. Like, I've always wanted to be a mom. And everybody who's known me knows that. Yeah, it's like what I wanted more than anything. And the truth is, like, I feel super fulfilled now. Why do you think there's such a link between having a spouse and and parenthood? Because, um, well, first of all, like... That's the norm. Right. And that's also how you create a baby under the most traditional circumstances. You need a man and a woman. And I think think that for the most part, you know, most single women like me don't have as much money as I have. Not like I'm rich out the wazoo, but like most single moms are poor. Or are just barely making it. And two parents will do a lot more emotionally, physically, financially than one. Financially, for sure. Yeah. Double your income. Yeah. I dated a woman who was like, I think 35 and I was like 27. Just a few dates. But we talked about getting pregnant. She was like an ad exec who made like 250 grand a year. Like She was doing great. And she was like, yeah, if I get pregnant, I'm going to have it. Because why would I not? I make enough money and I have enough leeway in my job. Yeah, I do think that sometimes there's this conversation about like women don't even need men anymore, right? There's that book, The End of Men, which was funny. I saw it appear on Orange is the New Black. I was watching really? season two last night and it like makes an appearance, right? Like this sort of um, this fear, this sort of fear mongering around like, oh, men are going to become obsolete. Women don't even need them. They're making enough money. I don't, I think for the most part, children should have two parents if they can. I mean, I do my best to give my kid as much of a village as possible. I wish she had a second parent, but it didn't work out that way. Why? Because so so she can have a father figure? It doesn't have to be a father. Just I mean, a second leader? Yeah. I think like, I, I just, I don't know. I think it's ideal. I don't think that, I don't think that she's losing a ton because I think that I am, I do my best. And Sorry. Also, it doesn't have to be a father. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my bad. I know. It's yeah. okay. You caught yourself. I could see it crossing your face that you were like, She's yeah. gay. What the fuck am I saying? About yeah, there's father no father figure, figure anyway. Right? You can be her father figure, Ari. Yeah. <laughs> now that I just realized you live in New York. Um, <laughs> yeah. I kept thinking Ari was living in LA. But anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that I think that everybody, I think that as a, I think both that a kid does really well with two parents, and I think our society is very hell bent on defining family in one particular way, which the is look. wrong. The two parent, mom, dad, yeah. pick a fence. Right. Two so I children. think I think that both things are true, and I think I think my kid has an awesome life. She's pretty happy. She's super happy. She Jovial. Has a great life. She knows how to flip over on, a, on a somebody. Yeah. I don't know how she does that without breaking her arms. How does she flip all the way over and then you have to like, let like, go of the like hands? They're like Gumby at this age. So they spin back. They are like Gumby. I mean, the kid is like a. She's like a super ball. You can just bounce her off the wall and she just lands. So when you roughhouse and you're like, oh, sorry, yeah, I was a little too hard. She's, she's like, for what? Yeah. You she, would have cried at she that. Goes I won't. So hard. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um. Okay. I don't know how the process. It's not a turkey baster, right? No, man. How does it? How I'm do they bougie. do it? I don't how go do they turkey do it? baster. How Look do they at do this it? house. Look at this wallpaper. Well, how do they do it? Come on, <laughs> it's man. a very nice house. You have a very nice baster. life here. I do. How do they do it? Well, um, the, for Esty, um, I went to uh, the OBGYN office, mm-hmm. and you wait until you ovulate. Like you have to actually start figuring out when you ovulate. But before you, know you even means. go and talk to them and stuff. No, well, no. What well, you do? Oh, so like, how do you actually do the whole process? First, you got to buy sperm. Who do you buy it? Okay, you can buy it online. You can buy anything online. No way. You yeah, bought man. sperm online. Of course. You bought sperm online. There's no sperm bank anymore. 
When you say bank, do you mean like with tellers? What are you thinking? I thought it was a place you go, not with tellers, but like a place you go and said, I would like to get a sperm, a sperm, or just like a sperm. I would like to get a sperm. (laughs) Let's get a sperm. sperm. And then they like to leave through a book. Like this was a nice NASCAR driver. Back in the day, I feel like. (laughs) This was a scientist. (laughs) Do you want a doctor's sperm? Uh, Totally. I think there were notebooks back in the day, pre-internet. Yeah. But now in the age of the internet, right? It's like Amazon.com, but for sperm. So do you go through a, service or just go straight from a guy's like i give sperm out no man you no i don't think they can do that you go through well you can do it one of two ways yeah you can do it with someone that you know a known donor or you sure. can go through an anonymous donor anonymous donors typically are managed through sperm banks online sperm banks so you go online it's actually kind of insane and after a while i got totally overwhelmed because there are some very large sperm banks online where you can do uh, so you can do a couple things. You can filter, I want a guy with brown eyes who's six feet tall, who's college educated, who's half Jewish, who like ties his shoelaces wrong on Tuesdays. Like you can filter, filter, filter. Yeah. Like you're on Zappos, wow. right? You can do all that. You can do all that. And um, then you can do things like for $5 extra, see a handwriting sample or like a handwriting analysis. For $10 extra, you know, he- see a personality test. Click here to hear the sound of his voice. And kind of makes you insane after a while you're kind of just like it's because there's it's endless it's inf- it feels infinite the number of like sperms you can get sperm donors whatever yeah. so ultimately i decided to do it like i bought real estate i basically said when i bought my apartment and my house i said what are the top three things that matter to me and one day ari when you buy your own apartment we'll yeah. have this conversation <laughs> okay. and i really hope that day comes soon oh you're so interested in me owning i'm it it kills me so anyway uh, I said, I want this person to be what's called a yes identity donor. I think it's called a yes identity donor, meaning what's that it? when SD turns 18, <gasps> she will receive his contact information no. and be able to contact him if she wants. What she, I mean, that's just, okay. Wow. If she wants. I mean, a I guess it's to her. don't want. I mean, it's, to me, it's just, I mean, I guess it's up to her. It's totally personal every time. But like, to yeah. me, it's just like, that guy ain't my father. He's just some sperm that helped make me. Right. But think about what I said before. Like, we define family in such traditional ways. Of course, it's not her father, right? Like, yeah. it's a biological father. But there, there's also social parents. You think she's going to want to meet him? I have no idea. So early I think to tell. It's too early. I think there are some kids who really do. Other kids who aren't that interested. Because other kids are like, yeah, that's not my real... I mean, it's not my dad. It's just... Yeah. I think if it were me, I would want to meet the person, but I you can't would? speak for sure. I think I'd want to meet him just to be like, let me see what color hair he has and that stuff, but I wouldn't want to like have him be a part of my life. It's yeah. like, oh, who cares? Right. I mean, I think that's more the case with known donors if, if that relationship works out well. So I wanted this person, but I still want Esty to have the option. Like, I didn't feel yeah. like it was up to me to be like, sorry, you'll never know this person ever. So they check off a box like, you can find me at 18. Correct. Wow. Yeah. And then, so the second quality was I wanted him to be like somewhat Jewish somewhat jewish i don't know why i just like i felt like that was like just a nod to my grandparents to be like even though i've totally not managed to find like a jewish male or even a jewish female like there was a point i remember when one of my grandmothers was alive where she i could tell she was like i don't even care who you marry as long as it's jewish like could you please because it's jewish it clearly it clearly mattered to her more that there be like a jewish person in my life than there than a testicle man like she exactly she was like totally just you know changing her priorities a nose i don't care what they've got between their legs but on their face i want a giant Exactly. Yeah. I just want a bigness. So she um 
so I ended up doing like part, I got like a half Jewish guy, which I was actually super happy about. Cause I just feel like that might mean like less neurotic by half, just because yeah. I feel like the Jew sperm is just going to transmit God, all the anxiety worthless. and like depression and everything. Um, and then the third thing was I wanted him to be in some way, emotionally intelligent, like kind, somehow sensitive. And I wanted that to be picked up on the application. And sure enough, the one, the guy who I settled on, um, what they do. So here's another thing that's really interesting. Sometimes they will give you a childhood photo of your donor, which I can show you later on my computer. I have this a picture of him as a kid. Correct. Cause you don't, they're not, they don't want, they don't want him to be identifiable as an adult, but they want you to have some sense of what he looks like. And they will also have an intake counselor write up an, like an objective quote unquote assessment of him because you don't get to meet him. But they met him. Right. So they're going to write like their first impression of him. What, and what was, what was yours? He seemed friendly. Like, what yeah, like I'll totally show it to you. It's like, what a sweet guy. Like, I think he was late to the meeting because he found like a, a, an injured bird on the way and like took care of it. What? Yeah. Like a sweet guy. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And I just was like done with the personality test and the handwriting analysis. It's like, to me, that's just offering you the illusion of control. Like, yeah, handwriting you know what? analysis. What are you going to tell the from dice, that? Right. You're rolling the dice. You really don't know what's what that, you're doing. What's that science where you measure the skull? I don't know. Cranial something? Something like that. And they could tell whether you're going to be a, um, a criminal. No. Oh, it's all been debunked in like 1910. Yeah, okay. But that good. was like they took one of I those know, like, I was like, we got to go measure my hat. Yeah, and see if they were like what you're predisposed to. Yeah, no. Uh, no, no. So, what's so, handwriting analysis? What are you going to do with that? I don't know, right? It's like, what are you, a sociopath? Because you, you know, didn't make your close your yeah, G's. Like, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I don't know. So, I just gave up on that. And then I, I did it. I bought six vials of the sperm. And then each month, I had it FedExed to me. It came. It was FedExed. Sorry to the doctor's office. Yeah. And then I w- and when I ovulated, um, I went into the doctor's office and they uh, did an intrauterine insemination, which means they take a catheter and they put it directly into your uterus. Wait, hold on. What's a catheter? Catheter is like a very thin hose through which the fluid passes. Is that the stuff that goes in your arm when you got IV? A, uh, um, oh, a is catheter, catheter where you pee into? Yeah, a catheter is like I think a little bit wider okay and they stick it they stick it all the way in it's actually it's it's so weirdly mundane when it happens i feel like there's more effort involved with like picking up your dry cleaning really it is so anticlimactic you're like i just went it just takes two seconds it's this much sperm yeah right it costs which costs like 600 bucks for that vial that's what i was gonna ask you 600 bucks per per vial vial, correct for the vial which has been i think they call it washed and spun sperm which has something to do with like making the sperm all turbo i don't really understand like turbo sperm basically and then it costs 200 some dollars to fedex it to you and then it's like 200 dollars for the insemination so it ends up being about a thousand dollars each time each time and so do you test do they test the sperm for like disease or anything they do test it. Yes, okay. they do. Yeah, they test it for genetic issues. Yeah. Well, maybe not genetic, actually. I don't, they don't they do some type of testing because they there is some kind of testing they put them through. I don't. I I can't. Don't quote me on exactly what. Yeah, and then they put it in, and honestly, putting it in, it's the fastest thing. It's like running an errand, and then you're done, and you're just like, okay, that's it. Yeah. I hope I get pregnant. Okay, bye. <laughs> that's for, it. Yeah, and then it took two times, and then I was pregnant. Two grand. No, yeah, two thousand dollars to two inseminations. Wow. Mm-hmm. And now I've got four vials on dry ice in California. 
just waiting. Wait, so if you want to have another kid, you're going to do it with the same donor, you think? Sure, yeah. You can freeze your stuff for that long? How long yeah, does it last Yeah, I pay for? like 200 bucks a year to keep it frozen. I'm thinking of getting a vasectomy, and I was thinking of like freezing some sperm. That's a great idea, but why get a vasectomy if you're thinking of freezing some sperm? S- freezing some sperm is like is like my version of saying Shema Yisrael right before I die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like, you go to heaven if you just say that. It's like, what? maybe, maybe I'll want it later. Although I think adoption is a better angle anyway. Oh, but you'd have such cute kids. You don't even know my. But you're but you're so cute. But wait, you would get a vasectomy just so you could just like have unprotected sex because like no, it's so that my continued unprotected sex won't come back to haunt me. It could come back to haunt you with like your dick falling off when you get a disease. Not as bad as. You're very sanguine about like venereal disease. It kind of freaks me out. This is the second time we've talked about it, and you're like, yeah, NBD, like chlamydia. Well, you totally chlamydia. You get rid of it in ten days. It's like seems like the end of your life, and then when you find out what it really is, like oh, like crabs, scabies, gonorrhea, like yeah. HIV. Hi. Yeah, I haven't gotten any. There are probably some like I don't know, young impressionable people listening to you. The reality is, they want to make these ads like everyone uses condoms, but they don't. I have a question for the audience. I don't know if we can pose questions and if people sure. respond, but it's I'm, tough to answer right now. But go ahead. I'm, no, I know, but like audience, how, listen up. Do you remember how we were texting with my friend today Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she was saying she was like having hooking up with this new guy, having sex with him, really likes him. And they started having unprotected sex. And she was saying and I'm like and she and I said, I wanted to fix her up with you. And she goes, but I'm dating this guy. And I said, well, you are. That's like breaking news. And she's like, well, we haven't had the DTR conversation, the define the relationship conversation, but we're having unprotected sex. So that means we're like basically exclusive. You were like, oh, really? (laughs) Like, that's that's a big old assumption. Like, how do you know he's not having unprotected sex with other other women? And, And when we asked her that, she was like, well, I don't really know, but I feel like he's not. And so the question is, do other people, are other people thinking that? Like, do other people when they decide to start having regular unprotected sex with like their hookup, is that just like a proxy for, or like a pre we're dating thing? Hmm, yeah. I don't know. Right. So uh, yeah, the question discuss. The audience. Discuss. discuss. I think a lot. Sometimes tweet, tweet it's like, me. tweet me and tell me your answer. Rachel J. Simmons is my handle. I'm not even kidding. I want to know. Jew. J for Jew. Um, I feel like sometimes people have sex with condoms and then after like a while a few months they're like let's stop using the condoms we're, we're kind of together now that's like sort of a sign but if the guy's also having sex with a girl who doesn't have sex with anybody else then he's like well she's safe too right yeah i guess i don't know i just feel like i grew up with like in the age of aids where everybody was so crazed about protected sex but i'm a dyke what do i know yeah i don't ever have to use protection the, the ads they show you it's like there's like either a condom or this and it shows you like hiv or like a condom or a baby and it's like no but you're making the condom seem not like it's nothing like it's not a problem when they never those ads never give up the fact that like this is going to feel way worse when you're fucking right <laughs> but it's still better than this does it really feel bad do you yeah. tell me about it I had a joke about it, but it feels like you're reaching into your pocket for change with gloves on. No. Where you can feel this change in there, but you can't really feel the difference between a quarter and a nickel and like... 
I find it amazing that they haven't Sometimes you gotta modified. go super fast because like to get any sort of sensation, you can't like gently have sex. Oh, so are you saying condoms cause men to ram women uncontrollably? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting job. Condoms cause ramming. <laughs> Absolutely. Condoms Who knew? cause ramming. I didn't know that after all this time. I appreciate you clarifying that. <laughs> but it sucks. Me. I don't want to ram. I want to fucking right, have no, sex. I hear that. Right. You want to do some... <laughs> I want to do some lovemaking. You want to lay that woman down by the fire a la Barry White. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, okay. I didn't really know that because I, you know, I don't, but I've heard girls I don't have say sex it. with men. I don't, I've I don't had women say, a woman in my audience once said, for women, having sex with a condom is like, I love this comparison, is like getting a massage while you're wearing a t-shirt. Oh, Yeah. It's just like, but why? What is it about the condom for? It's just a smooth thing instead of all the bumps and contours of a dick. Oh, you can't feel where the head ends. That's terrible. There's is some. This is tragic. There's some new thing that some guys I had no doing. Idea. I'm 40 years old. Yeah, I didn't it goes know. down like a um, like a, a, a accordion. This guy got AIDS from a broken condom. And so he's like, why has condoms not changed in 150 years? Well, I mean, again, we were talking about Gloria Steinem earlier and her comment that if men could get pregnant, abortion would be a sacrament. So here men probably did invent the condom. So why haven't they perfected that? I don't know. It's kind of a mystery Dumb, to me. Yeah. It's like, guys, it's not good enough. Let's get something better. Whoever, yeah. Let's get a spray on. Right? Spray on that. Yeah. Or, Yeah. The time it takes to go get it and take it off and find which way is the right way, by then your boner's just going. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you're concentrating on a puzzle. Exactly, and you're totally losing the moment. Women have it really easy. We don't have to do any of that. Or you'd be like, "Hey, can you just keep blowing me while I work on this right. condom? <laughs> just I'm gonna be doing this thing. Just you just keep working." Oh God. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. I mean, it's really just not romantic. So it's like it's really sad. the ad campaign should, should say that. Somebody should start a nonprofit. Somebody should start a nonprofit. Just to help these poor victims of the jizz association of washington dc exactly it's like we could make like a like like the aspca has those sarah mclaughlin videos oh yeah with like the i mean they just rip your heart out God, like, they there really could be do. like a really sad video about all the people who've been just short shrifted by condoms yeah can't feel your dick <laughs> i'm gonna go out to that song um here, wait, I have some questions for you. Was there any backlash from people? Uh, was there any like real negative, like, you shouldn't be doing this? No. Nah, well, my grandfather, who's since passed away, he had a mo- he definitely was like, I don't think this is a good plan. Really? Yeah, but then when he met her, he loved her. I mean, I think, I think in theory, it doesn't sound great. And then you meet the baby, and, and like, you see how happy life. I am, What's and the, you just yeah. think, like, this is great. I, I think my dad got that way with my brother, Marin, and Anju. Right. You and then after a while, I was like, to be happy "Oh, this and is good for him." And love, and like, it's a good thing. And another human being coming into the world is a really good thing. Yeah, who's like yeah. part of your family? He's a great grandson. Yeah, great granddaughter. Yeah. Was her, yeah. So I have He's a really a, sweet video of him singing to her. Really? Yeah, so sweet. And not nothing else really of like. No, I mean you hear these surveys like Pew, um, you know the Pew Pew Research, whatever it's yeah. called, Research Center. I think this year published a survey that said something like 67% of Americans disapprove of single mothers. Disapprove of single mothers? No, it's not mothers. even disapprove. I'm sorry. It was think single mothers are bad for American society. Wow. Yeah. I was like, and here I thought everybody was going to applaud me and tell me how brave I was being. <laughs> for not. having a kid. 
Right. For like, you know, I, I elbowed my way through my lack of luck and romance and came out the other side with what I really wanted, which was a kid. And it turns out like actually America thinks I'm a degenerate or something. <laughs> only two thirds of America. Right, only two thirds. 210 million people. I mean, in fairness, I'm, I mean, and also my dad does this weird thing where he constantly forwards me articles from the New York Times about how like single parenthood is you know, the lack of fathers in America and single parenthood is, is, is doing terrible things to America. And I don't think he's talking about me per se, but I also think he's being weirdly insensitive. Right. Cause he doesn't realize like, well, a lot of people think in like broad terms, probably kind of the same way I am with like feminism Yeah, where it's like, this is wrong. Like, wait, name the specific instances. Right. Like, thank you. What, like, what are you talking about exactly? Yeah. And also like, it's really easy. By the to way, blame. the only articles I see from Lindy West are on comedy. So maybe that's why I don't like, yeah, I don't she, know the rest of her stuff. She's hilarious. I mean, I think that's, and that's big of you to say, and I appreciate that. And if I had it, if I had any more cocktail left in my glass, I would raise it to you. <laughs> I might have to start drinking yours. Yeah, sure. Um, wait, but I was going to say, I had a good point to make. Can I get your daughter um, high? What? Um, what, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was your point? Uh, I I lost it now. No, come on, your father stigma. My father. Oh yeah, I know what it was. It was I, that. Um, you know, it's very easy for us to pin problems on single parenthood. Just like it's easy for us to say, oh, if gay Video people games. get married, no, or if gay people get married, children are going to be so messed up. Like, I think you're like, re- is that proven at all, or well, are you just saying that? Right, it it's seems also so like easy. what helps children. You know, it's it, instead of saying that single mothers are are messing up America. Why don't we just like start paying attention to the fact that the family is changing. The structure of the family is changing whether we like it or not. So let's take steps to help keep families together um, by doing things like, de- you know, creating things that make them less stressed out. Like let's offer more affordable daycare. Let's right. offer more sick days, paid sick days. Like let's understand that actually more and more families are headed by one person, which means that those people need things like paid sick leave and they need things like flex time In instead, Germany, of just puni- instead of just being punitive and stigmatizing single parents. Right. Yeah. So that's what we like to do instead of actually like, okay, read the writing on the wall, yo, like things are different now. And by the way, I'm not sure that, I mean, yes, there have been, there are more single parents in a way for, for sure. They have to be right. But there have always also been single parents. Mm-hmm. We just don't, we just really are desperate to have our particular version of the family. Anytime somebody says it's terrible one. for society, too, like, what do you mean by society? Which society, right? What is that? What, is, what are you Who talking about? That's just such a buzzword. Correct. Totally. It just sounds good. They're ruining just... American values. I don't know. What are you talking about? But you know what they do in Germany and probably all of Europe? It's probably an EU thing. But um, woman gets six months off after she's pregnant at. I think two thirds pay, eighty yes, percent pay, and then if you have another kid before you come back, you're at eighty percent of the eighty percent. Yeah, and I think actually uh, maybe it's a, a year. year. I was maybe, say, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's a year. It's longer and than it's six almost, months. It's pretty mandated. Yeah, like, that's just like we're looking out for parents. You do we, not go back to work. Yeah, the yeah. unemployment is years long. Right, and so that's a very different. Like, I just imagine what it would be like for families if it were easier for you to take care of your children. Like, I don't know that families would split up as quickly or yeah. um, that we'd have such a problem with single moms if we supported them more. I, I mean, I think the only problem with single moms is the undue stress on the mom. Yeah. Look, it's not an easy life when things are hard. Yeah. I have it really easy because I'm self-employed, so I don't have to go to work every day. For sure. You're in a better boat. But I'm even today, you're like, boat. you know what? Let's go hiking. Let's cancel right. whatever. I totally bailed on my work. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't really represent. I don't speak representative of, of, of single moms. That's the best thing about weirdo jobs is almost always you can be like, nah, yeah, she's staying better today. Totally. <laughs> not that I ever <laughs> go do. biking. But it, I, you came at just the right time. I really need to take a day off. Really? Yeah, totally. Hell yeah. I'd like to hear that. Yeah. 
Um, are there any dangers with, with artificial insemination? I don't think so. Just like not getting laid. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you just got a catheter. I mean, you're not. Are you getting... allowed to bone during that? I think that like when some lesbians do it, they um, try to bone in the room so that um, the orgasm helps move the sperm up. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, if you're getting intrauterine insemination, the sperm has been moved it's up for you up. by the catheter. So they they probably just want a bone. Yeah. Yeah. And test tube babies is a completely different thing. Test tube babies for IVF. Yeah. For what? IVF, intra, intra, in vitro fertilization. So that's when an actual embryo is implanted. Fetus, pretty much. No, just an embryo. A fetus Easy. is a more... What? Are you touching your food, baby? What are you like, doing? Oh, is that your stomach? <laughs> yeah. It might be time for ice cream, by the way. I can't um, have it. It's Wednesday. Oh, God. What is this? It's like your Lent day or something. It is like my you're Lent not day. not having sugar on a Wednesday just to give yourself the illusion that you're not a craghead about sugar. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to join you in your little Lent, uh, Lent fest here. No support. Yeah, no support. Trying yeah, so die. in vitro is different, and thank God I haven't had to do that because that is much more intr- invasive. What do they cut you open? No, but you have to get shot up with hormones for like weeks before Ugh, you like have a it done. Cow, pretty much. Ugh. And the hormones can sometimes make you insane. Really? Yeah, like they like cause all depression. They cause they can cause depression, irritability. And yeah, every girl I know, when they go on birth control, it's like, well, here's a different person. Do I want to date this person? <laughs> That's, that shit is real. I have yeah. to that is real. Because I did take Clomid, which is one of the hormones that um, generates a lot of eggs for a very different reason. Clomid, yeah. Clomid, it's called. And I, I was insane. It was like actually tripping for most of the month. Um, not that I know anything about tripping, um, but... I it you should. was but it, I so I'm told so it was like um like I was uh, I mean I this is sort of serious to say but I I it was very easy to think about killing myself like it was no like way, really yeah I was so depressed I was so and altered clomid? I remember um yeah and this is really true for women so the women who are working the hardest to get pregnant will who will do anything and will put all these hormones in themselves they are often enduring like unbelievable emotional uh, strain because of what the hormones do to them and I was just like I could not do this again like I, I, like at one point like my keys got caught in the garage door opener and like my keys were stuck and I was like I should probably just die now and like I felt that thought pass through me and I thought this this is messed up like this is all Damn. just yeah so it's, yeah, it's, it's like real. depression. It's more than depression. It's like pretty serious. I had my red, depression doctor was like flashing red light. Yeah, you know, eject, <laughs> eject, hit the eject button, kind of depression. Yeah. But I had to tell him like I'm not really depressed anymore. He's like, do you still think about suicide? I'm like, you know, yeah. Yeah, like I mean, every, other every day. yeah, exactly. But I'm like, I'm not thinking of doing it. It just comes in my mind. He goes, yeah. Let's not say you're cured until you don't kind of don't think about suicide. Right, exactly. <laughs> let's, just, let's just make that our line. Right, and it's the normalcy of the thought that's yeah. so scary. Mm-hmm. Right? It's yeah. like, yeah, just, why not? I try to convince him. I was like, no, it's only because I had been thinking about it that I'm still thinking yeah, about it. That, that, that train had left like, the station. Yeah, he wasn't. You're not the first guy that's been in here talking like that. Yeah. But you seem so much happier now. I'm great now. You seem so much better over the years. Each year you seem brighter and just like, it's pretty amazing. You and I are doing brighter well in our 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and I are both sort of, we have the capacity for darkness and depression in different ways. And I think we're just both getting better and better. Well, like you said, like 40 has been great. It's 40 like, rules, kind of feel, dude. Like we're in control now. Yeah. I mean, I have to spit now as a Jewish superstition, just in case, like, oh. cause you know, I don't want anything bad to happen, but That's your knock on wood. Yeah. It's my knock on wood. Um, are you going to tell her or when are you going to tell her? Tell who what? Esty. 
Uh, you know, it's funny. How do you like? I've been waiting for her to say, "Where's my daddy?" Because like, that's when you're gonna do it. No, man. Uh, no. I don't know what I'm gonna tell. I probably it's gonna be in the next year or two because she's already tell her all that. Has she talked to you about penises yet? Did she talk to you about penises? She asked who her daddy was. She said, "Are you my daddy?" I go, "No, he came from a fucking turkey baster." And she goes, we don't I say like, those I words. For like, like a oh, hot sorry. second, I believe you, actually. <laughs> yeah. Did you see my eyes yeah. go? I was like, like whoa. <laughs> right? uh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing it's coming soon because she's really into penises right now. She's like fully reg- starting to register gender. And so she's like, so she has these couple boys in her class, like one's named Nari and one's Dominic. And does does Dominic have a penis right now? Yes, right he now. does right now. Yesterday <laughs> right, right, was, now, right now. Right now, currently Dominic has a penis. And so, and she, she totally registers fathers. And I'm kind of waiting for like, well, where's my daddy? And I think I'm just going to say like, you don't have a daddy. You have a soft dad. You have a grandmother. You have a mama. You have. You just don't have a daddy. I don't even know that I would say you don't have what daddy. I would say different different people have different families. My friend David, who I went to Shabbos um, lunch with on Saturday. In Minneapolis? No. No, this is some Chabad next time I know. But oh. this is uh, Long Island, who I went to Yeshiva with. But um, the kids asked me, like, uh, how did Ari get here? <laughs> on, on the Shabbos Yeah, but he goes, sleigh. remember we said how some Jews don't celebrate um, the same as other, all the Jews? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I go, yeah, I celebrate different. And yeah. he goes, oh, okay. They get it. Right. They just get things, kids. They're like, okay, this is the way. Well, it- because they don't have a value judgment. Right. Right? So, like, to, to the point we were making before about how families, people want families to look a certain way. Kids don't give a shit how the families look. They just want right. to be loved and safe and happy. Yeah. Right? It's not to say that they don't compare. They only start to compare once they've internalized that there is a better family, that one family is considered better than another. But if they right. don't really long for love, there's no reason for them to think, oh, I don't have something that someone else has. Coolio made this point once to uh, to John Stewart. Are you going to quote Coolio now? I'm going to quote Coolio. <laughs> I'm so excited. John Stewart was doing like the self, um, um, I should know this word as a comedian, when you're showing yourself, self-deprecating. Uh-huh. Come on, Ari self-deprecating thing where he's like you know my high school wasn't tough all i had to worry about was somebody taking my lunch money but coolio i know you had like drive-bys and stuff it's like you know i was a schmendrick you were actually had a tough life and coolio's point was like but to a kid that's the same the drive-by sure. guy and the guy stealing your lunch money has the same amount of fear in your heart for both those there's people. a saying like the water rushes in to fill whatever space there is yeah and and that's often you know, I I use that phrase to describe what parenting is like. Like, I don't think my life parenting as a single parent is every single day measurably harder than my married friends who are mm-hmm. parents. Like, there are certain things that are definitely harder, but for the most part, everybody's freaking out and stressed as a parent. You know what you don't have to deal with? What's that? Some asshole being an asshole. Correct. You know, while you're that trying to raise a kid. that is an amazing benefit that I don't have to have conflict with a spouse who's telling me that they want me to say this or do that. I don't have to have tension with somebody. I don't have somebody crawling on me who wants to touch me and I'm tired. Yeah. Like I, I kind of, that. those are good things. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize that until this year, but there's a lot really? that I'm going, yeah. Cause you know, I was kind of feeling sorry for myself about like being a single mom in certain ways. Like I just felt, boy, you know, this would be so why different. Is it, well, why is it hard to be a single mom? Cause it's so lonely, mm. you know, I'll give you some examples like, and these are not, I don't want. I, I want to say before I tell you these two couple things that they're not tragic, but there are moments that can be really hard that wouldn't happen probably if I were not single. Okay. So 
on Friday at 4.30 when my babysitter leaves, it's just me and my kid until 8.30 Monday morning. It's a lot of time to spend with a kid. Yeah, plus you're high from 4.20, so... I'm wasted <laughs> yeah. at 4.20. Yeah. So, um, for two hours every Sunday morning, I have a babysitter. Yeah. I didn't want to. I wanted to like be a hero and do it all, but I finally realized like I need that time. And, and now, that's my really special workout time where I can go on a really long run or a really good bike ride. Yeah. And it's the only time of the week where I really have that time. And um, really, only time of the week where you can actually do your own shit. Yeah. Wow. Because otherwise, I'm at work. Yeah. Right. And so then I'm doing something after she goes to bed, or I have to do it during work time, which I don't want to do. You couldn't even if I wasn't here right now. She's asleep in bed. It's yeah. what ten o'clock. Yeah. I you couldn't go. go soon. You couldn't <laughs> go for a run right now. Of course not. I can't leave my house. That's so weird. Right. So there's no running out to grab ice cream. Nice job, Ninja nice. Moth Killer. Thanks. You just killed Gus, the <laughs> domesticated grain moth. <laughs> Um, thank you. So yeah, no, you're, there's no, there's no running out. Like wow. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I mean, if I was desperate, I could text the neighbor. But come watch, I got to go on a run. That's not gonna happen, <laughs> yes. right? It's not gonna happen. I have, a, I have a stroller. I have to push her in the stroller and run with her and deal with her needs while I'm running. Like it's annoying. So anyway, the point is, like, I was so excited to go on this bike ride. I was going with a, a big group of women. Yeah, it was going to be like a 30 mile ride, and I was looking forward to it all week. And, you know, we're supposed to leave at 9, and it's like 8.55, and there's no babysitter. It's uh, this girl, and she's not coming. And I'm like, and slowly it's dawning on me, like, she's not coming. And, you know, again, it's not a tragedy. Yeah. But I was, I needed, like, I needed this bike ride. I was so looking forward to it. I'd had a really rough weekend with my, with my daughter. And there was no, and I just started crying. And I just was so bitterly disappointed because I thought if there was a spouse here, I could just go on a bike ride. Like I'm the right. only woman in this large group of women who has a babysitter watching her kid on a Sunday morning. Everyone else has a spouse. Or like on Saturday, there was an end of year school party and I lost my keys and I couldn't get to the party because I lost my keys and I couldn't get there. And it was just me and Esty and I'd cooked this big meal for the potluck, lost my keys, nobody to help me find them. So those are the moments right. where like, they're little moments, but they can be incredibly stressful where you just know that if somebody else was there, it would be so much easier. Yeah, this is pressure valve releases. I always call them on everything. Relationships in general. Yeah. It must be the same from mother, daughter. But like, you just need a break. And if you don't get it, it gets way worse and way worse and way worse. You know, like if you don't take a vacation at work, right. it's going to kill you after a while. Yeah. And, 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 and that is real. And the stress is real. And being up in the middle of the night alone with a sick child is intense. Having to go to the emergency room with a sick child. as I mean, I've done all these things alone. Yeah. And if you had a spouse, you'd be like, well, I got to I gotta go on Good Morning America tomorrow. So can you take right. them? So take exactly. Her and the only reason I was able to go on Good Morning America yesterday, was that yesterday? Monday? Yeah. Was because I just so happened to have a friend staying here who knew Asti and who could take care of her. Oh, wow. Yeah, you took her to L.A. That was the first time I met her was in L.A. At that yep, house, with that the Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was cute. She was cute. I yeah. mean, she's objectively a pretty cute kid. Oh, no, I met the nanny. <laughs> <laughs> I met the nanny. No, SD is very cute. Um, you know, the nanny was cute. Um, yeah. a, little, a little weird, but cute. I barely remember her being a hipster. Uh, yeah, she's pretty hipstery. Um, all right, I'm going to let you go to sleep. Oh, no. Can you see that I'm starting to fade? Yes, I see it. But it's so fun. We've dealt with most... most. I think all, I think all of what I want to talk about, all my questions were answered for sure. I had a really good time. I'm glad that I could tell your people about you in high school. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I hope I didn't... Do you remember when I came to JDS? Years. No, probably Vaguely. not. I was so gay. I didn't really notice guys in any kind of deep way. 
Um, but not really so gay. I was trying not to be gay. But no, I don't remember. What was it like for you? I think I was a nerd in the beginning. I hung out like Boaz and like the other nerds. Oh and God, like Boaz, I was slowly totally. moved my way up. You had big hair, right? Yeah. You had I big, big curly hair. hair. Mm-hmm. So cute. Full. Full. Full on Jufro. Big and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Daniela once said I had a big head and it bothered me up until about four minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> um so you have a book called... I have a book called The Curse of the Good Girl. I have a book called Odd Girl Out. My website's rachelsimmons.com. Yeah. I'm a social media whore, so follow if you me have on a, right now. Rachel J. Simmons. Rachel J. Simmons. S-I-M-M-O-N-S. S-I-M-M-O-N-S. And, um, if you have a daughter, or even if you don't, I guess, if you just have children. If you have girls, if you know somebody who has girls, check it's out It's interesting our- the, the, the way you say, like, oh, it's like, the one thing I took from it was like... Boys bully each other in way more stoppable ways. If a guy punches another guy, teachers be like, "Hey, cut that out." If a girl goes, "What?" Right. Like no, no teachers know how to put a stop to that. It's really hard. It is a lot harder. It's pretty pernicious, and it yeah. continues well on to, into adulthood. Really? Of course, women can be awful to each other. No one hates women more than women. Said it could not have said it better myself. Like, what is that? You want to know what it is? Yes, please. Women are so hard on themselves. They have so little compassion for themselves. They just take it out on other women. I saw the thing you wrote after the the Steubenville thing. Mm-hmm. What I write? Oh, I remember. Well, it was like this woman's being be. dragged, de- pretty much dead, to to get raped. Right. And uh, there's all these other girls in the video not doing anything. Right. I mean, that was a beyond fucked up situation. Yeah. But not it was it was it was a dramatic and tragic situation. But to me, it's so representative of how girls often how, don't support each other. Yeah, where no girls are like, hey, what where, are you doing? Where guys are involved in that way, right? Because they wanted to also they perceive girls as threats to their ability to get guys, and so they decide not to support each other because they're trying to land a guy, which is going to increase their social status. Cool. That's one of the ways I can tell if a girl's into me. It's if I'm, let's say, me and you are out. Yeah, she tries to beat another girl up. If she's if I meet a girl and she's just super rude to you right off the bat, I'll be like, "Oh, you like me?" <laughs> so That's sad. why it's so, it's That's so, so obvious. Deeply pathetic. Yeah, it way. is pathetic, and also not a good. Doesn't speak well of the girl. So you wouldn't try to win me over, but to demean anyone I'm with. Yeah, it's the way of proving your worth. It's like, oh, girls hate girls. I can. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Rach. Shalom. Shalom. It was good times. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, that's it. You have anything to add? I mean, peace out and be good to Ari, everybody. He's a good boy. Yeah. Thanks. Yo, my mind flashed back to the early moon when I was just a sperm selling the fallopian tube. In the midst of a state of triple darkness and going through a struggle so I could exist. Avoiding everything that came within my path as I watched other sperm cells get ripped in half. One out of a million completes the job And for the other sperm cells The womb is a graveyard Through my travels I have to pass Boom time That's it, thanks Rachel, thank you very much So that was pretty interesting I didn't know a lot of that How expensive it was first of all And then, you know, all that the little slit, no turkey baster Which makes the podcast title Kind of null, but not really um, it was a fun weekend up there too. So relaxed, so suburban. She kept calling the neighborhood crunchy, which I didn't understand until I started seeing the people, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I get it." Sort of granola and like non-showerish, but like not in a 
don't have time way, but more of like an environmental protection way. Um, <laughs> it was fun up there. It was fun up there. I could see staying up there if she was gone. You know, if she was gone, gone. If I could like stay and write up there. But what do I have to write? I'm not a novelist. I don't have to write. I have to write material. Anyway, um, some guy in, in Thailand, that's all he did. He got a fucking, like a beach house in, 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 like in Seoul, something like way, way outside Seoul, somewhere in Korea or somewhere in Vietnam. I'm just making it up. It was somewhere remote in, in Southeast Asia. And he just wrote for four months and then got back and started up comedy again. Oh, man, it'd be cool. If I could do it without losing the time, you know what I mean? Spend four months there, but when I get back, only like a week has passed. So it's like I can deal with the boredom for four months. I think I'd get off on that, but the missing stuff, that would be the problem. Anyway, so thank you very much, Rachel. Um, I mean, honestly, fucking cool. You, You fucking made your own baby. Technology is amazing, really. All right, so let's, um, so yeah, check out Rachel, get her book, Odd Girl Out. Um, if you have daughters, especially, you should read it. They don't read it, you read it. And that's it. Um, oh, and she gave me so many good ideas for podcast guests. My mind was fucking racing up there. Everything, being out of my environment, it just made my mind fucking wander into new ideas and stuff that I'd forgotten about. It's just like, if you change your fucking path, you change your pathways. Guys, there's no way that I could have planned that. I was way smarter than me. Whatever I just said, write that down. That sounds, it had like alliteration. Or what did it, was it nonsense? <laughs> Am I just over happy? If you change your path... You change your pathways. No, I'm sticking with it. Because when you take mushrooms, it changes the pathways in your brain. So you have new ways of thinking. No, I'm sticking with it. I mean, it's not like I planned it. I just said it. Anyway, I think it was cool. Um, and thanks again, Sattva, for the, um, for, the, for the mattress, for the whole bed. Smarterbed.com. Um, Anyway, so here is, well, let me tell you the reason for these, for these uh, East Village, walk around high in the East Village, no, East Village high food reviews, no, Stone East Village eats, can you guys give me a title, please? The point is, whatever the title is, East Village food reviews, pie, I don't like plays on words though, you know, like Weedish Fish. All that shit, nah. I like them, but not a, uh, not with weed. It seems too celebratory. I like them in stores. You know? If he's a store with a good play on words, ooh, I'm down. You know? Like uh, my friend uh, Rachel Poland in D.C. She opened up a soup delivery place for like weirdo f- soups. Like carrot ginger. You know? <laughs> I don't know if they got barley, but like carrot ginger they're full of. Color flower leak. She calls a supergirl. Because, and then she has a, a logo of her being all, you know, superwoman, but then it's spelled S O U P E R. Because she's a supergirl. No, she's a soup girl, but 
anyway, stuff like that. But not with weed. So what? what's okay? Anyway, stoned reviews. The, anyway, East, walk around East Village High, stoned reviews of food. Guys, the point is, this is the first in a 39-part series that I like to call Stoned East Village Food Reviews or something. Um, I got this idea because I was – okay, I wanted to do this on Yelp for a while. but Because the stoned experience is different than the, than the um, sober experience. It's not just about the food, the decor. I mean, some of the decor, but it's like when you're stoned, you want, you're looking for different things. Here's why. Okay, I went – remember when L.A., when the um, food trucks became popular – when they were just becoming like popular, all the like weirdo food trucks. And so I was following grilled cheese truck. I wanted to try it. Grilled cheese truck. Grilled cheese truck. They're a fucking Topanga Canyon. They're in Pasadena. They're in West Covina. Come on. Come closer. Then boom. Where are they? Poinsettia. A few blocks south of Melrose. Dude, I used to live right near there. My third year in LA. I went. I was up with nothing to do. Perfect timing. Went down there. Started smoking in my car. Get real high. I didn't realize they were about to close up. By the time I got there, they just came around. They're, Dude, you're last in line. If you hold this sign saying you're last in line, what do I get? I don't know. Free tater tots. I'm in. I would have done it anyway because I was in a good mood because I was about to try the grilled cheese truck. People came after me. I was like, hey, listen, I'm really sorry not to be the one to tell you this, but it's also kind of my honor the line's closed. I'm the last one. Look, I have the sign. I'm the last one. Off they went. It was great. It was delicious. Got back in my car. I think I ate it in my car. Started driving off. Yes, I drive stoned. Studies have shown that it has negligible effect on driving ability. I believe in science when it suits me. But then, you know what happens when you eat when you're high? You got the savory. You need the sweet. And I'm like, oh, I want something sweet. And then right when I come in, I was like going down like Romaine or one of those like, one of those like faux big streets. And then right when I come over a hill, right about to La Brea, I think, or Highland, whatever it was, boom, cupcake store rising up like Mecca. Like David and I don't where did anybody come upon a city? Like that guy who shot himself when he went to Vegas, fear and loathing guy. Ari, you were an English major. <sighs> so, cupcake, I'm going in. I'm in cupcake store, I'm going in. One, cupcake store. You need, you need smaller cupcakes. You want more tastes. So this is what I mean. So I get there. Okay, there's only like two paces before you get to the counter, which is not enough room to hang back while you look at all the different flavors because it's going to take you longer. To find out what you want when you're stoned. This is what I mean. A sober person doesn't mind being close. A sober person doesn't mind being asked, excuse me, can I help you? Would you like me to get anything for you? It's like, no, I need time and you're freaking me the fuck out. So you need more space behind. A lot of times you get a long line. If you can look at the menu in line, that's a huge bonus. So also not having mini cupcakes because you, those cupcakes are huge and you're going to fill up on one and you want to have three different kinds. You're making you make it Sophie's choice. You're telling me this has Nutella instead of chocolate? It's a hazelnut. It's slightly different. But then also there's peanut butter right over there. I mean, you're asking me to tell you what I, you're, I'm voting with my dollar. 
This is what I mean by stone reviews. So, for part one of a 53-part series that I call Stone Food Reviews of the East Village. Okay, I went to this place. I'm not going to tell you what the place is because I have this theory. When I went to China, when I went to Thailand, when I go to Australia, when I went to Australia, I'm going in October. Sorry for the miscommunication. I booked a movie. It was kind of a huge deal for me, I guess. It was cool. I don't know when it's coming out. I'll tell you about it later. I don't know. It was a huge deal for me, but it was cool. But anyway, we moved. It's October. So sorry, but I'm doing it then. Um, uh, uh, Lost train of thought. Okay. So when I go to these places, um, you go online and you say, you know, things to do in, in, in Melbourne. Great places to eat, you know, near Chiang Mai. Northern Thailand. And you find some places and it's like, wow, it's a great way to adventure and find things. And the spirit of that is awesome. The spirit of that is, oh my God, I found this amazing place. Me and my friends were rafting down the, you know, Hanoi River and we pull up a stop and there was this awesome place and the guy cooked for us. He had this whole, we saw him take frogs out of the river and, and fry them up for us right then. It was delicious. And he told us about his village. Shit like that's awesome. And it was the most delicious food ever. That's great. And so you want to spread that. You want to tell everybody. But then everyone who does the Google search, you know, for best places to eat in Bangkok, they all find the same blogs. So you end up having the same fucking experience everyone has. So for this place, I'm not going to tell you where it is, but I'm going to tell you nearby where it is because that was my experience. I didn't know the name of it. But these two uh, super gay guys, congratulations, gay people on gay marriage. I forgot to tell you. I forgot to finish it in the intro. Look, I think marriage should be illegal. I think it's a, it's a terrible idea. You're entering into a thing that's almost certainly going to cause you pain. But you want to do it, fucking go ahead. I'm a libertarian. You know, I say smoke fucking crack in the privacy of your own home. You want to get married to some other human being in the privacy of your own home, enter a contract that you know is going to be damaging to you. That's on you. So yeah, sure. Gay, straight, you're all making mistakes, but fucking go for it if you want. I mean, I guess because you can get out of it so easily. It doesn't really matter. But like, I just hate when people pretend like it's still like, forever and ever, do I take you to be my lawfully wedded? Forever and ever? What, what kind of fucking language are you even talking about? My lawfully wedded? No one uses any of those words. No one says lawfully. No one says wedded. We're still living in an antiquated idea. Wedding should be you invite your fucking friends over. You put an iPod and the DJ in the fucking sound system. You know, you trust your coolest friends. Like, hey, you fucking handle the sound system. You choose a playlist. When it's time for dancing, we'll put some fucking dancing songs on. I'm about not to get lucky. That song. You know people get a dance for that. Happy. That happy song by that guy from the Neptunes. You know people get a dance to that. You know they are. And people should have mushrooms. People should have fun party drugs because we're cool people. Not linen tablecloths. That's not how we party, you guys. Stop living for your parents. All right. I sidetracked. I sidetracked. I sidetracked. So these super gay guys who were uh, taking me around to look for uh, apartments. I guess it doesn't matter what they are, but they were so gay. I love them. 
And I didn't find one with him, but they did tell me about this place next to Niagara on 7th around A. It looks like it's connected, but it ain't. It's right nearby it. And I know the name of it now, but I'm not going to tell you. You'll find it yourself. And they got a burger that's supposed to be delicious. So I go down there, get high, walk down there. It's about 4 o'clock. I say, I finished whatever errand I was doing. It's like, all right, you got time. Fucking go. Um, get yourself that burger. And I was like, yeah, fuck a salad. Get a burger. I'm succeeding in life. It's time to reward myself with this goddamn burger. Why not? Go down there. Fucking, it's closed. It was a warm day. I wanted to sit in the sun on the sidewalk. It was shining that direction. Oh, closed. So I was like, oh, I should go get my hair cut. My mohawk was not as boss as it could be. I needed to get it touched up to keep it fresh. Um, uh, <laughs> stupid. I'm so fucking stupid. Uh, so anyway, I was like, I could eat somewhere else, but I was like, no, let's not. Let's just waste the time. Let's walk around. I'll get some tea. I'll figure it out. I'll go see if there's a line. So my, my haircut place, my barber, line. So I was like, fuck. I was going to eat a big guy ice cream. Celebrate gay, gay, gay day. This was on Friday. This just happened. Celebrate the big ruling. Line wasn't even that long, but it's soft serve, and I like gelato. That legitimately is white people problems. I mean, if you had to enter white people problems in some sort of dictionary or algorithm machine, my problem is that I like gelato over soft serve, so I was going to keep wandering. That's a white pr- I mean, I wasn't complaining about it, really, but if I did. So, oh, I got to go soon. So, anyway, walked around. Started looking for a place to smoke pot. Here's what you do in New York. You walk down the streets, not the avenues, the streets, because the streets go between the avenues. So between Avenue A and B, between Avenue B and C, between uh, 3rd and 4th Avenue, if you're on 39th Street, between 3rd and 4th Avenue, if you go from 39th to 40th, on one of the avenues, that's like a short block. You'll be done with that block in a minute, maybe a minute and a half. If you go on 39th Street between 6th and 7th Avenue, that'll take like three or four minutes to walk down. That's where you smoke your weed. On a one-way street... The secret is you wait for the cars to be coming at you because the only danger spots are police. So I was looking for that. My preference, I don't like to smoke around kids. I don't like to smoke around churchgoers. I feel like a real degen when I do that. I didn't even like smoking cigarettes around children when I smoked cigarettes, but for sure not weed. And that's why the churchgoers too. If you're a good person, I feel worse about myself and my life choices. So... Looking for a place, can't find one, can't find one. You also got to be semi-alone because it's got to be sort of an unmanned street. If it's packed with people, a little weird. Although you can pretty much smoke in the East Village. You can pretty much smoke. I smell it all the time, people passing by me. I try not to make a big deal of it because I know they're just like, they don't want to fucking anybody bothering them. But like, you can smell it all the time. So, can't find one. I found like a little bit of space. There's got like 25 feet behind me, but you know, where the guy trailing me will be. That's space that way. And I got at least like 75, 80 feet, like to the end of the block on this side. Could change at any moment, but it's good enough for me to take out a joint. Let's figure it out. But then I see police sirens and I freak out and I go, oh shit. And I put the joint away. But then it hit me. I've always done that. Whenever I hear a police siren, I always put the fucking weed away. But guys, that's the best time to smoke weed. Like if you're on if you're on the highway and you see a, a cop pulling a, a car over, I my your idea is oh slow down cop, 
But that's a cop who definitely does not have his hand on a radar gun. So don't slow down. Just keep going because he's busy. And if you see a cop with a siren, what do you do? You think he's going to stop what he's doing to fuck with your marijuana? That's a minor offense. He ain't gonna, unless he's just a comic traffic stop. If it's that, and he's got a sirens on, he's just pull pull somebody over. I mean, but if but if there's like a shootout somewhere, you know, or if there's a fucking rape going on, or if there's a fucking you know brawl, or you know bank robbery, or even if it was just somebody being pulled over, but that person was a black person, and they don't know if they're gonna kill them or not, you know, they don't care about your marijuana use. So light it up. And then you might say, but what about other cops that might be in the area? Well, guess what? They're also going to respond to the same thing. You think when their buddy is in danger, he's pulled over a black person. He's just going to leave him to do that alone. He's got to fucking get there. So if shit goes down, they can help hide the evidence, take away cell phones, shit like that. But honestly, even if it's like, Something serious, like they're always going to be more interested in that. I mean, they could drive right by you, but if they're sirens, they're never going to stop because you have a J in your hand. Smoke that. Fucking brilliant. Perfect. Worked great. Then went to this place. Okay, here's the deal. You get there. The front tables are full. I got there about 530. I wandered around for a while. 5.30, Get there. I wanted to sit in the sun, but the lady was like, mm, no seats outside. Hey, do you want to go inside? And I'm too high to say no. So I just go, oh, yeah. Now, I would have loved if she could have picked up on my, my tones that I wasn't confident and, and offered me back, like, would you like to sit outside or do you want to wait for a seat outside, which I would have said yes, or I would have said, how long do you think it'll be? But you know what? I can't expect it. That'd be going above and beyond. So I'm okay. Plus, she was super fucking cute. So I was pretty much going to do whatever she wanted. Um, so she sat me in the back. She goes, you want to sit? But sure. Okay, absolutely. Turns out the back was great. It looked smoky and hot and it was kind of hot, but there's cool art in the wall. And then, I mean, I've sat and looked at people walking by all the time, but now I got to change a little bit and sit down. I was all alone back there, looked at the art and stared all the way down the gut of the restaurant, looked at everybody. She asked me what I wanted. Boom. Hey, I don't need any time. Cheeseburger. How do you want it? What's normal? Medium rare. Fucking medium rare it is. Comes with fries. 13 bucks. A little expensive, but it was good as shit. It was so good. When it came, I didn't even put ketchup on it. Didn't take a long time. 10, 15 minutes, something. I don't know. I wrote a little bit in my notebook. It was fucking awesome. They had some cool art in the wall. Not to mention, one of the other waitresses, fucking super long-legged with short shorts. That was some good looking. Man. That was nice. Just cute girls there. And then, I mean, really all over New York, right? Let's be honest. You come in contact with so many cute people, boys and girls. It must be boys too. I just don't notice them as much. Guys, it was so fucking juicy. I decided to do the chef the honor of risking it and just not putting ketchup on. And I'm so glad I did. I mean, it drips down. It was so good. I'll be honest, put ketchup on the last portion, like the very last, like three or four bites because it was there. But... They had mayonnaise too. I didn't even bother with it. A nice slab of cheese. It's melted all the way over. They give you one of those turned over buns, the top bun with like lettuce and tomato and onions and pickle slices. I put the pickle slices and a little some of the onions on there. I'm not gonna fuck around with tomato and the lettuce. That's not what this is about right now. And I sat there and it was fucking great. And they kept filling up my water. 
over and over. I was drinking a lot because of cotton mouth. They kept filling it up over and over and over and over and over again. Guys, it was a fucking tremendous burger. The place opens up at five. If you can find it, it's right next to Niagara. Fucking delicious. I don't even know if they had beer in there. I don't even know if they had beer, but it was good as hell. Uh, all right, you guys. So let's do a lot of those segments, right? If I'm going to walk around stone and fucking get shit. I don't have a smartphone. What do I do without my smartphone? People say, what do you do without your smartphone? Hey, what do you do without your smartphone? Here's what I did when I was in New- with Boston for Renazisi's special. He put me up in some nice hotel. I was fucking 21 floors up. And the fog came in over Boston. And you get outside in the balcony. They had a balcony. And the view was amazing. The fog was just hitting the tops of all the buildings. And I was like, fuck, if I had a smartphone, I would take like a panorama shot of this right now. That's exactly what it's made for. You can get all the way. Like there was nothing blocking me until the parks and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the mountains behind it. It was, it was amazing. And I didn't have my smartphone. So you know what I had to do? I had to just enjoy the view. I could just look at it. I smoked a joint and I looked at the view and I made memories of it using my eyeball. And I still remember what it was like and it was really awesome. Anyway, that's the episode, you guys. Don't forget, get tickets at AriTheGreat.com. Um, oh, and by the way, all this, the tweets you guys sent for people to try to like get them to do my show, it's fucking glorious. Jim Jeffries ain't going to do it. You can stop tweeting him. But anybody else you guys like, he said he didn't do, I get it, TV on, I mean, stand up on TV, which is fine. I get that. I understand. But just the fact that you guys showed that you want him to do it, I'm sure it made him feel nice. Anyone else, the top level people, massive stars, we're trying to get Blake Griffin to do it. But anyone you can think of with this three or four spots for celebrities. Tweet at him. Let him know you want him to do it. You know, it's your choice. It's your guys. I'm not going to tell you to write, but it was cool. So we'll see. We'll see if those are the ones that people asked if they're going to do it. And the offers are going out soon. But if you already tweeted, you don't have to again. But I thought it was really cool you guys all did that. I thought it was really cool. Um, so, yeah, go see my tour dates at AriTheGreat.com. Um, the DC Improv, July 17th through the 19th. That's the first place I emceed. First place I did a guest spot. First place I featured. It was not the first place I headlined. That was the La Jolla Comedy Store. But it was the first place I did a lot of stuff. Shit, I gotta go. Um, so, should we call it? Yeah, go to AriTheGreat.com. You can also get all my merch. My 2015 tour shirt is still available for another six months. It's 3D. Believe that. Comes with 3D glasses. You can also get posters and everything. Just look at the merch if you want some. It's there. Um... Somebody is putting these up on YouTube. I think they're calling the account the Skeptic Tank or Ari Shafir Skeptic Tank. Whoever that is, fucking uh, good job, man. I'm totally down. You know, put it up. Uh, I'll try to remember the site. So if some people just want to listen to this on YouTube, it's it's up there. I hope they put everyone up. And then not enough people saw last week's. Listen to last week's. I did it from a Yankee game, you guys. I did it at Yankee Stadium, at a Yankee game. You get to, it's like you're fucking there. I, it might be the first one that's ever been done at a baseball stadium, and it was fucking fun. We got into shit with some people around. It was cool. If you listen to it, you know that was one of the better ones. Don't wait for good guests, wait for good topics. <sighs> so that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shapiro Skeptic Tank, episode 225. Vagina Turkey Baster. With Rachel Simmons, 
Uh, that's it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Seriously. Um, have a good summer, you guys. guys, I want to have kids. Yeah, I do. With all of you. I think we're going to make great parents. The weekends are going to be tough. Splitting up the time, but we're going to do it. I think I'm going to have to get artificially inseminated. I love that it's called that. Because it's not like you're not getting inseminated. You're getting inseminated. If it was artificial, you'd go in for your doctor's appointment and they'd insert one of those sponge creatures inside of you that expand. Then nine months later, a velociraptor. Hey, somebody artificially inseminated me. Who is the wise guy? (laughs) But I also love the idea of getting artificially inseminated and then just giving it up for adoption. (laughs) Just being like, you know, it turns out I don't want that child after all. Mommy, where did babies come from? It's pretty simple, actually. When a man doesn't love a woman very, very much, he signs away his paternal rights and jizzes in a cup. And with lots of money and scientific genius, hormones, pain, and of course, um, Jesus. The process begins the way God intended, with a transvaginal ultrasound, with a wand longer than a ukulele. And when it comes out of my body, it makes this sound. 
I give myself daily intradermal injections and acute blood thinner and estrogen concurrence, cryopreservation through hormonal activation, and none of it's covered by insurance. Then I'm knocked out and you're removed and combined with a stranger's car. And as the saying goes, you win some. You dispose of the defective ones in a hazardous waste bin. Or that. And then you're frozen until I'm certain it's time to unthaw you into a person. Then you'll expire or you'll make the grade. And that, my darling, that's how babies are made. It's so easy and natural. Hush, little egg baby, don't say a word. Mama's gonna freeze you till she gets rich. And when that day finally arrives, be constructed in a petri dish with sperm donor 8w6-3 the silent partner of our family so hush little egg baby don't be sad just because i never fucked your dad i know there are orphans everywhere but i'm going to pretend that isn't real don't look at me like that just because i admit it you had kids and you knew the deal yeah i feel guilty about overpopulation and ruining the environment for forever but osama bin laden had 20 kids so fuck you or whatever sadly procreation is not a meritocracy and we need to prevent a real life idiocracy Though it may be the ultimate form of narcissism, it's also a way to re-reverse reverse Darwinism. Gonna mute the sound of a ticking clock. I just need the sperm, now I don't need the cock. My ovaries are like, hey girl, I'm over here. And I'm all like, shh. I want all the stuff, I don't need to make a bucket list. It doesn't make me greedy, it just makes me a feminist. Now I'm thinking back through all the guys I've dated. If they heard the song, they'd fucking hate it. It's so easy and natural. Hush, little egg baby, don't you cry. You'll have the best jeans mommy can buy. I don't want to wait till I get in dire straits. My friends say if I want kids, I should go out on some dates. But these working bitches don't have time to leave it to the face. The world deserves more Ricky's. And the world deserves more Kate's. So hush, little egg baby, dads are overrated. He did what mattered when he masturbated. Hush, little egg baby, just hold firm. Mama's gonna buy you designer sperm. And if that sperm gives you random trace, mama's gonna test your DNA. And if your DNA doesn't make things clear, mama's gonna just have to live in fear. And if that fear turns into guilt, mama's gonna hold on to what we built. And if I hold too tight as a suffocate, I'll buy you lots of things to overcompensate. And if that overcompensation's too transparent, I'll pretend it's about better with no male parent. And if you say, but mom, who's my dad? I'll say, I don't know, and it's just too bad. And if that badness forms a hole in your heart, I'll wanna make it up to you, but won't know where to start. I'll probably start by saying it's just you and me, and there's no such thing as a normal family, so fuck being normal, let's do this. Shit. Mama's gonna freeze till she gets rich. <laughs>